everybody. Welcome aboard the Soul Train for the next hour or two. Hell, I don't know. It, it might be a few minutes before this all just crumbles into gobbledygook, but we'll figure it out one way or another. This is going to be... Listen, I want to make this clear first off. The, we're having so much fun with Thirsty Thursday, and uh, and we are so... I mean, we're, we're booked into next year, like, like February, next, February year. next year. It's crazy. Is crazy. It is absolutely crazy the way this is all working out. And I mean, just it's 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 incredible because we're booked out the next year. We're, you know, playing around with a little concept here that we're calling Tipsy Tuesday. And this may be a little bit of a, what I would refer to. Listen, if I'm involved with it, it's easy to call it low rep, right? Because. Yeah, you know, I just if 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 I if I'm gonna be touching, you know, it's not gonna be that high quality, right? So so the, the Tipsy Tuesday is gonna be a bit of a, a low rent version of uh, of of Thirsty Thursday, but that doesn't mean that we still can't have guests on and have a great time. I'm gonna be your host. My name is Matt, the Grass Factor Martin, and alongside me, I have a grow a grayed out version of of uh, one of my cohorts, and then a live in person, we've got Ray Ito and. Tuning in live from the Telly Telly. <gasps> no, <laughs> he oh, yeah. made it. I made you it. Got it. Golly, y'all. So listen, hey, listen, Dume listen. May was not sold supposed a, to be here tonight. Sold a big job and made it home for dinner, Mama. So My, come in I, here and I, let me feed you. Let me feed yeah, you. I'd say I'd say you get let to me make you some sandwiches if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> you gonna get the whooping tonight. Yeah, after the news, right before the Fallon monologue, like it's not going to last long. So don't worry about it. I mean, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you for being here. And of course, tonight yeah. we have our guest, Princess Cut Lawn Care. How are you doing, George? Yo, what up, Matt? Thank you so much for having me on. What's going on, guys? It's a pleasure to hang out with the uh, turf pros in the community. You know, I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, you know, and it, I always find myself coming back to your guys's content whenever i want to learn a little bit more deeper about the lawn care you know so appreciate you oh, guys having deep. me on yeah uh we go real deep huh we do but yeah, hey listen it's a it's a continuum it's a spectrum right of of people that are in it uh and doing it at all different junctures you know we had a guy on last week mr ferguson who Ergie Ferg. gosh, you know he's he's yeah. early he's early early in his journey and you know, we can get down with that level, right, Ray? I mean, it's... That's right. We, we pride ourselves on being able to go, you know, all the way up to the tippy top and all the way down to the basement if we need to. So we can talk about whatever, wherever, whenever here. So I'm looking forward to it, though. Should be fun. Ray, how so are you doing tonight? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ray, I wanna... uh, talk, no, no, talk to us, Ray. Talk to me. Let me hear you. Uh, get on that. No, I, I, no, I am bit. feeling... I'm feeling fabulous today, actually. Wow. I really am. Wait, I really fabulous, am. fabulous or fabulous? Like which one? <laughs> no, I'm I'm talking today. No, I'm talking fabulous as in uh I just killed the T Rex and uh I'm dragging him back to the cave, fabulous. Man. That kind of, that's gotta that be kind the, om the omnivorous Rex, man. The T Rex is old news now. That's uh, that's hardcore, Ray. That's hardcore. <laughs> I don't know where we go Ray. from there, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, here we are. We, 
Yeah, we are how many minutes into the stream, and Ray has not just committed murder tonight. He has taken on, he, he has uh, uh, promoted the, the further extinction of a majestic creature. <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> Sam Neill. I would have to ask is, did you, did you use some sort of perchlorate com, uh, uh, explosive device to bring it down? I mean, we, we got we to gotta introduce big bombs into this somehow. Make sure we check off all the YouTube check marks before we get, get through. No, old school, old school. I mean, no, no bombs, no guns. It's called, uh, you know, the 10-foot-long spear. <laughs> oh, Ray hunting with his hands like it's supposed to be done. Can't say it's for sport when you're doing it. It's not a sport when you're using a spear, if you know what I'm saying, right? That's uh, that's 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 man's land right there. All right, well, let's get this some bitch on the road and, uh, yeah. and get talking. So, George, we typically kind of start this off where we need we need some background. Lay it on us. How did you go from whatever it is you did in your former life? To making your way onto onto uh, the the concept of having a badass lawn and then taking it from there to YouTube was it? Did you want to do YouTube first and then have a nice lawn, or did you want to want to have a nice lawn and then do YouTube? Tell us tell us a little bit about how that came to be. All right. Well, first of all, my name is George, and uh, I'm an alcoholic, and I'll leave it at that. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. All right, guys. So. Pretty much my story, this is how it goes, right? My parents are immigrants. They migrated. They moved here in 1993, and we moved to the near west side of Chicago, which uh, is like, you know, city-like, and they have the postage-sized uh, lawns over there. And I don't know if you guys know about immigrants or not, but mine, at least, they came from a I'm very sandy. <laughs> they, they came from a very sandy country, and they don't have lawns over there. So let's just say lawn care wasn't a top priority in my household. So, okay. yeah. So when I bought my first house, I moved in here. Um, I'll show you what it looks like when I moved in. Um, but anyways, this lawn, it looked terrible. There was leaves everywhere. There were bald spots everywhere. I mean, yeah. it was just, <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, so I told myself, you know what? I moved into this house. This is my first lawn. You know, I like to think of myself, you know, that I would like to have a nice place where I live. So, of course, I jumped on YouTube, started watching Alan Hain. He helped me perfect my three inch, four inch cut grass. And then once it got to there, you know, I just went down the rabbit hole and I started watching Connor. And then after that, I started watching a lot of John Ware's videos. You know, I really liked his stuff because he really went into detail on the specifics. And he was like doing stuff that none of the other YouTubers are doing. So it was like fresh content. You know what I mean? And even Real Low Dad, I, I watched a lot of his stuff, too. So, and then Brett, too. I'd say, like, him, John Ware, and Brett, they got me into real mowing. So I started real mowing my lawn. And, uh, you know, it took a while to get it to where I wanted it to be. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. right now, it's just finally starting to look good, you know, after putting in about a year's worth of work into it. Uh, but we finally got there, and I kind of documented my journey. A lot of the things that I learned and I talk about on YouTube, I learned from the lawn farm, actually. I'm kind of a lurker on there. You guys are on there. Don't don't think that, you know, I don't really comment a lot, but I read the lawn farm a lot, and that's where I, I try to get a lot of my information. And uh, Great place. Oh, yeah, it is, man. Definitely, if you're trying to John learn Ware. how to. 
Dude, John, John Ware's the goat. John Ware. I remember when Ridge I first started. No, Ridge Ridge, if you're watching, you old crotchety bastard. We love you. We I love you, you love creaky you. bone son of a bitch. You just an angry old mother ornery mother. I'm gonna I'm gonna show up on his doorstep one day. I know I'm gonna show up on his doorstep one day. I he's, found his address. You he's know, a couple he, hours he was away. Keeping secret who he was for a long time, and uh, and I found him. You can't yeah. you can't hide from me. They call me the FBI for the reason for a reason. <laughs> and it, and it, ain't, it ain't because of uh, fake dossiers either. <laughs> so jeez. Oh, so hey, real quick, so, uh, re, re, ahead, real ahead, quick, ahead. guys, if you don't mind, uh, I want to give yeah, a absolutely. shout out to a few of the guys in the chat. If you don't mind. Uh, I can't see it anymore. I, I believe it's Bees Lawn Care. He said, "What's up?" And then uh, we got yeah. SoCal SoCal Lawn and Order. What's up? What's going on, Chris? Man, thanks for stopping by. And then uh, I think, I, oh yeah, Jason G too. Dude, Jason G is one of the homies, man. Thanks yeah, for stopping by, dude. G. He's sweetheart. Um, but yeah, nice. guys. So, that's about so it. where did Le where did YouTube enter the fray? Like, wh at what point were you okay? So like. Number one, how's that thought process bump up in your head? Like, oh, hey, you know what? I want to do this. And then was there any sort of like mental gymnastics that you had to do in your head to convince yourself, hey, I'm confident enough to go out there and one, put out like what I've got and show it. And then two, like take everybody on that journey. Like what what was the, the decision making process to get there? And then were you confident that, hey, right from day one, boom, I'm putting it out there. I don't care. It is what it is. Or was it like, yeah, man, like, uh um and let me give it two weeks let me give it a month let me give it whatever where what were you at with that whole thing uh yeah you know actually that's a good question and youtube was actually never part of my plan if you look at my first video that i ever did the only reason i made that video is because it was an answer to a question that i had that i couldn't find on youtube or the lawn forum uh and it was based on t-jet nozzles and if they would fit my sprayers plus 105ex and I found out that I didn't need any additional adapters to fit it in. And I found out there wasn't anything else needed except the T-Jet nozzle. So I also tested that nozzle with my Husqvarna bowling pin sprayer, pump sprayer. And that also works. So I was like, hey, you know what? If I had this question, I couldn't find out the answer. Then I'm sure there are some other people, too, that have this question. So my wife convinced me. She's like, just do a YouTube video. You're sitting here watching videos all day long about lawn care. Why don't you just make a video? <laughs> So um, I was like, I right, for sure. So I did that video. It was all in one take shot on my iPhone with the iPhone microphone. Nice. Had no idea what the hell I was doing. I mean, you know, right. I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted guy. I'm not going to lie, but that had nothing to do with me doing YouTube. I was just trying to answer a question and I did it all in one take. There was no fancy editing, no, no, no SEO, nothing, man. And it turns out that a lot of people had that question that I answered. So. That video was received well. I mean, it got a few thousand views. And then I did a second video, and that second video shot up to 100,000 views like within like a month or two. And confidence to keep going. Hot sauce. What? And let me, let me ask this too, because this is kind of a, a, a rite of passage. I have to put everybody through this. And if, only if you feel comfortable answering, seriously, I'm not putting you on the spot. Of course. What do you do in your, in your, uh, in your alternate life? uh okay so like hobbies or work-wise no work-wise are, are you are you oh, an both. it guy really is the question i want to ask is are you an it guy by, <laughs> by day uh okay so i work for a bank and i'm a data analyst for them so i guess you could say yeah i am an it guy 
Uh, I wouldn't. You're say an that. IT guy. Here we go. There we go. It's I don't want to. There it is. Uh, how about this? What You're is gonna going love... on out there? How about this? What's you really want to know if I if I'm an IT guy? I'm running yeah, a 16 yeah. GPU crypto mining rig right now. I'm mining four different kinds of cryptocurrencies. I'd say I'm an <laughs> IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely say That's... I'm an IT guy. Uh, what's your what's your uh, uh, currency of choice right now? Uh, right now that I'm mining or that I'm investing in? Yeah, yeah, no, whatever, whatever. Uh, well, what right now, all right. So if you're just getting into you cryptocurrency, a guy? oh no, hell no, man, that's a meme coin. See, the thing with Shiba and Do- Dogecoin, they don't provide any value, and there's nothing behind them except the money that's pulled into the tokens. So really. There's no confidence in it ever increasing. Me personally, I like to do research and find out what projects provide value to people and then invest my money into that. I don't just blindly throw it in, you know? Sure. Uh, but right now, I would say that safe bets are definitely Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, if you're trying to move a little bit down to the medium caps, I think uh, Matic, Chainlink, uh, Cardano. I think there, I mean, there's a couple of them that I feel like have a lot of potential. Uh, are you into crypto or no? Uh, not extensively, uh, but I do own a few coins and, uh, I own some shares of Exodus too. Uh, so, you know, kind of, I kind of, I kind of dabble in that. Nice. nice. Typically if I'm, if if there was a time where I did a lot more, uh, stock trading, shout out to ticker monkey for anybody who's involved in that space, (laughs) tickermonkey.com. Check it out. It's my my I'm playing. I'm playing your song, Matt. Remember I know. I haven't heard of that noise in a long time. I actually, I sold that board. Believe it or not, and I went to a completely different setup. But uh, what are you using I'm, now? I am running a. Um, this is a yeah. Mackie 1202 VLZ into a a Behringer um, uh, gate and compressor. Um, and then that goes into a ProSonus, and then the ProSonus goes into the PC. So kind of a, that's a lot more complicated than the Roadcaster. <laughs> it is. It's a lot more complicated. But my Roadcaster started giving me odd feedback. Um, uh, the, like the, I think the headphones were going, and some of the internals were were starting to, to skis out because whenever <laughs> I would record an Adobe Audition or something, it would it sound terrible with all the background hissing and stuff. So anyway, I thought I would go to this and I did. And it was actually, I ended up making a lot of money because this setup was significantly cheaper than the, uh, the roadcaster. So I was like, man, I'll pocket 250 bucks and go with this. Plus setup. they're in demand too. So they don't really decrease in value. No, I sold it more than I bought it for. So it, it worked out. Um, all right. Where, where, where are we going here? We kind of got sidetracked with, uh, with, with crypto. Um, yeah, sorry to get off topic. No, no, you're good. This is yeah, just this a conversation. conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's all good. This is it's relevant. It's relevant. <laughs> sure. So, talk to me about um, when you first got into the line. What was the immediate goal for your for the lawn? You know, what did you want to have as far as like your turf type? What did you want to do with it? You know, you, you were talking about the real mowing became a thing. Like, what were you going to real mow? Were you were you thinking Kentucky bluegrass? Are you still Kentucky bluegrass? Um, what has that kind of journey looked like from then to where you are now? Well, actually, 
when I first started real mowing, man, you know, I just went balls deep into it right away, dude. And I didn't have the perfect grass to real mow because my old lawn was a mix of KBG, tall turf type fescue. I'm pretty sure there was some Kentucky 31 in there too, because there was some like, I'm talking about like one inch wide blades of grass, dude, <laughs> in my lawn. And when I burst, first bought my greens more, dude, I just mowed it all the way down with my hand and I just scalped it all the way down to a half an inch, man. I didn't give, I didn't give one crap about it. So I started real mowing that for like six months. And then I started planning to have 100% KVG lawn. But the one thing that I didn't know is it wasn't as easy as it looked, man, to plant a KVG lawn. I was stuck with a bunch of bare spots like Connor, who's in the chat right now. What's up? I want to give a shout out to Connor. Uh, but yeah, the KBG in my lawn was like, uh, it was really, there was a lot of bare spots. It was patchy. It sucked. So then I overseeded with some ryegrass and uh, it's looking really good now. So ryegrass was, was the game changer for you. Like that's, you, you, you started to feel it then. Yeah, man. The ryegrass was definitely a game changer, dude. I mean, it took my lawn from like a six to like a nine and a half. <laughs> Now, when did that go in? I can't remember. I, I, we we watched some of the videos, and I, I I'm sorry, but like I watch a lot of grass grow, man. I'm sorry if I can't keep it straight. But what? Uh, <laughs> when did that go in? Uh that I that went in like two, like maybe three videos ago. Okay, so like six, eight weeks, something like that. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Did you I seeded. did you do a full reno or did you just interseed it? Yeah, I did a full reno last year. I seeded 100 percent Kentucky bluegrass um and yeah and then this year i did the oversee okay so you you just overseeded your existing kentucky bluegrass with perennial rye yeah yeah i mow, i scalped right. it down i threw some pgr on it and then i overseeded it and came out great okay so here's my question and i know that you know you had it looked like and i'm again i'm just paraphrasing off of some of the videos i watched I, I'm, I'm sorry that i don't have them all in my head but what were some of the challenges with the bluegrass? Like what, what made you like get to the point where you're like, you know what? Got to make a change. I got to do something different. And ryegrass is it. Was it just not, do you think you just couldn't stay the course or what was it that drove you to that decision? Just curious. It was the, it was the bare spots. So I know on video, you can't really tell that my lawn is on an incline, but it's actually on a pretty steep incline. And, uh, you know, I could I should have used some some kind of seed blanket. That's like the number one thing that I regret. I just used peat moss and it didn't turn out the way that I wanted to. And I, I've learned recently that you guys aren't a fan of peat moss either. So I think going forward, I'm just going to stay away from that. Uh, but I used yeah, to get a lot of wa I used to get a lot of washout on the steepest parts of my lawn, and I can mm -hmm. never get those damn bare spots to grow in. Uh, but with the with the ryegrass, it came up in a few days, and there was no issue with washout. Thank, thank goodness it rained one so that, day i took a bunch of cardboard outside and put it over the bare spots man so there wasn't geez. any washout <laughs> it actually man. worked pretty damn good though oh yeah yeah i mean something like that can for sure work so uh so on that i mean i didn't realize that it was that steep of a slope like if you'd say from like the front of your house down to the sidewalk what's the elevation change uh to roughly? be honest i'm not a, i'm not 100 percent sure but where the bare spots were was right mm -hmm was right where the slope connects to the sidewalk and the the soil so right on the like, edge yeah and the soil so higher I, than the edge of I the sidewalk you. yeah yeah 
So any thought to like, you know, especially with the real mower, that's got to be a challenge to go if you're going kind of towards the house and back away from it. Have you have you considered, you know, any type of renovation where you take a sod cutter and just kind of slice off, you know, and basically trim it off like, you know, ba- using the uh, sod cutter ray like a deli meat slicer. Remember that one where uh, Kramer, that Seinfeld, where Kramer's got the deli slicer and he uses on everything? He cuts Elaine's heels down yes. with it and everything. That's going to be George with the sod cutter next year on his front. He's going to get that ta- that bitch tapered out. Man. And Elaine perfect. started feeding the dog under the door. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. They were like, they put pills, pills in the meat. Yeah, oh, that's right. That you dog's know, kept barking. Yeah. You know, I would look to. First of all, regrading an area that has trouble growing grass properly. You know, and the reason why I go there is because if you think Matt dislikes band aids for problems, I like them even less. <laughs> I like them even less. I mean, uh, and I'm in good company with. Uh, Ryan, because uh, his stock answer to a lot of turf problems literally involves a bulldozer. Or a small version of it, i.e. a sod cutter in this case. You know, it's, yep. a, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small, it's a scalpel to the, uh, you know, <laughs> bone saw that is the, uh, the bulldozer ray, you know. I ain't so, none of that shit. Y'all care way too much. <laughs> Matt's gonna be bouncing the greens mower off the sidewalk and whipping it around. God, yeah. You once people. it once it, once you, you you scalp enough of it off, right, where it's not scalping anymore, then you get your seat into it, and you're like, all right, problem solver. Drop drop your drop your mower as low as it'll go, and just eat into it. I'm all just picturing it. you in the mirror in the morning, taking that beard down with like a single blade bick and just cutting the shit out of your face and like, <laughs> eh, whatever, no big deal, whatever, no big deal. Yeah. Hey, by, by yeah. the way, guys, I want to give a super special shout out to Striper Man. Thanks a lot, Keith, for showing up. Much appreciated. Striper and Lawn Journeys is here. Lawn Journeys too. He's Man. one of the homies. Striper Man, dude. Glad you're here, sir. I love I love Striper Man. It was it was so funny when I don't forget watching one of his first videos when he was wearing his damn uh uh he had his his mask on. I was like, look at this MF right here. And he's got that thick ass New York accent too. I was convinced he's former mafia and he's he's under <laughs> witness protection, and that's why he's got to do that. Like I was a hundred percent convinced that's that's what was going on, but uh, it's the New York accent, man. That's not the case. I know. I, and listen, I'm so uncultured to anything outside of the South that I think any New York accent equals uh, uh, mafia. Yeah. And I think anything north of Kentucky is Canada. So, you know, it's. Uh, hey, it we got a question here from Lawn Maverick. He asked me if I consider cutting down the tree in my front yard. Actually, no. You know, I, I know I, I checked out the NTEP website before I chose Midnight Kentucky Bluegrass, and I knew it wasn't good in the shade, but believe it or not, it grew the best under that tree. I don't know why. Don't ask me how, but it did. I have and an understanding now, of I have an understanding why, George. The reason yeah. why is because in hot weather, the tree provides a cooler and wetter area where the grass is under less stress versus being in full sun. Because here's my understanding of 
Chicago. It's it freezing, raining, windy, or cold most of the year, uh, except for several weeks of brutally, insufferably hot weather. And very humid, which I'm sure you're used to, too. No, I don't like the humidity. Humidity is a... <laughs> It's shitty to me. I hate humidity. <laughs> me too, man. Dude, look at me, dude. Imagine being 300 plus pounds, man, and being out there in the humid weather. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it creates uh, but, a, but, a, ch- a challenge for growing grass, even cool season grass. When you start running into those types of extremes and you're asking grass types to perform in conditions that are less than favorable or, or beyond the genetic limit of the plant, right? You're, you're asking it to do a lot. And uh, especially when you're maintaining it with a real mower, right? Now you're maintaining it at a height of cut that's beyond the genetic limit of the plant. And so there's a lot that has to go into it from that point in terms of a, a management perspective because of what you're asking it to do from a cultural perspective, right? So it'd be one thing, you know, like you said, if you got four inch tall Kentucky bluegrass and you're trying to manage the heat, well, that's that's its own challenge, and you can kind of work around that. You got a, a bit more forgiveness, I guess, in the in the rule book there. However, you go from uh, uh, four inches to one inch to a half inch or three quarters of an inch, and it's totally different ball game, right? And and that's in trying to 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 do that on a. Um, Without adopting some highly intensive management strategies, it becomes suspect at at best, right? Because that's that's why you see people introducing, you know, effectively new root zones for it to grow into. What I mean by that is why so many people then you know bury it in sand and and allow it to come up and come through. Um, That's why you see so many people go towards highly intensive foliar feeding regimens, right? Um, to, to have that, that level of control over your nitrogen content. And, uh, and, and that's why it can make a bit of a, a, the right plant in the right place can help you so significantly. But if you're running into those situations, those scenarios where you may be right plant, right place, but you know, uh, uh, uh your abiotic stress is, is not, um, allowing it to perform like it should, even though from a textbook perspective, it makes sense. I'm in, I'm on the West side of Chicago. Yeah. From a textbook perspective, I should be able to grow Kentucky bluegrass. However, in application, we've had three hot summers in a row above average. Now all of a sudden I'm food barred and I'm banging my head against the wall because I feel like no matter what I do, um, I'm still dealing with the same issues year over year with no real, uh, uh capture of gain there. So no fault to you. It's just, you know, it's just it's a it's a another layer of of complexity and a little bit of luck that you rely on too when you when you run into those types of scenarios, especially if you're not doing things like establishing a new sand based root zone for you to be able to grow in. If you're not running uh, a highly intensive nitrogen management program, you know where you're controlling your growth rate through just about every two week interval that you pass through the, through the lawn. And you know, some people think that shit's fun. Other people, like me, I think it's absurd and crazy. Um, and there's some fun to it. It's fun to say I've done it, and it's it's fun to to see the fruits of your labor on a bi-weekly basis. Um, but at the on the the other side of things too, you know, that's a significant amount of commitment. And for me personally, unless I'm making significant money to do that, 
I have no interest in doing it. That's why I would never, ever, 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 ever do that to my home lawn. But obviously, hey, speaking speaking of that, Matt, they do that. You know, speaking of that, Matt, I remember you had a real mower, right? I still do. Yeah, yeah. The the JD. Yeah, and I and I and I love it. No real reason why. I got that particular one other than uh, ease of uh, ease of obtaining it. But what I did like was the floating head because under no circumstance am I ever going to going to level my backyard. I'm, I'm not, it's over a half acre. Um, that's a, that's a lot of money in sand and I don't make a lot of money and therefore my excess money, I would much, much prefer to get drunk off of than uh, buy sand with it and put it in my backyard. If I didn't drink, maybe, but uh, I love to drink, and so I much prefer spending my money on, on booze. Right, Anybody going to fault me for that? Nah, man. We all nope. have our vices, man. What you sipping okay. on tonight? I don't. I only drink on Saturdays. It's, uh, it's a thing I have. So right now, it's... Uh, lemon Propel. I do, I do Propel Lemon pretty much through the, through the week. And and that's that. A lot of that has been since you know I've been on a health kick for uh, eleven months now, right? I heard you're on and, the keto, uh, right? Uh, I did I did that for six months, and I lost the initial uh, sixty pounds on you know doing a, a a modified keto, and then after that, I just started training really aggressively, and I eat a little more liberally now. Uh, still watch my overall caloric intake, but um, I train really, really fucking hard right now. So that's kind of that's kind of my trade off. Nice man, you look good, dude. I need to get on I the same diet as you, man. Next season or this season? It's uh, it's you know, it's I I'm not gonna lie, I enjoy it. I feel so different, and uh, it's dealing with my kids is a lot more tolerable. Uh, and that was, that was my big motivation was the fact that I couldn't Hell keep up yeah. with my kids. And, uh, and so for <laughs> me, it was the, uh, it just, it made the most sense to go ahead and get on the game train and get my shit squared away. I was tired of being tired, to be honest. So Matt, speaking of the biweekly applications that you were talking about, Ray, I had a question for you, uh, regarding, Yes, sir. My spoon, my spoon feeding regimen. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been applying, a quarter, I've been applying a quarter, essentially a little like 0.3 pounds of nitrogen per week to my overseed, and uh, it's a mm-hmm. low cut lawn. And I know you're not keen of that thought process. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Okay. First of all, you mentioned nitrogen, and what I don't hear about very much uh, is what about the potassium? What about the phosphorus? Because upon reviewing your soil test, I can see how phosphorus can become a limiting factor as far as your grass grows because you see this 37 parts per million of phosphorus here. And you see your 7.7 soil pH. And this is me just guessing off the top of my head now. If the soil extraction procedure was done via a 
an M3 process or what's known as a Melic tree extraction process, I am guessing that you actually have about half as much phosphorus in your soil versus what your soil test is displaying here. And to me, that's a problem because if I want grass to be sick, vigorous, uh, healthy, able to fill in, I look to phosphorus as being that element that promotes that more so than nitrogen. Okay, so uh, Ray, let me let me give you a little bit of a uh, background behind when the soil test was taken and what I usually do to take care of my phosphorus levels and tell me what you think. So mm -hmm. this soil test was taken at the beginning of the season uh, before I threw down anything. So it was pretty much uh, mm -hmm. you know what was left over from last season. And uh, my as far as phosphorus goes, on Memorial Day, I apply one pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet with malorganite once per mm -hmm. year, and that's it. And that that's what I do for phosphorus. Nothing else. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, here's the so thing: four percent times ten. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing: is that I look at malorganite as far as a nutrient source equivalent to me putting on a blindfold and then throwing darts towards the board in a bar and I hope to God that it uh, you know hits the board never mind uh, hoping that it doesn't uh, land up in uh, you know the side of Buddy's head I mean that's how much I think of milorganite is that it's a, it's a very hit and miss product to me so well, but you know. why Ray? <laughs> is, is, is well i think what ray's trying to say is uh, on the release right so the thing i look at when i look at the soil test and the thing i'd be concerned with is a couple of things mm -hmm. you know so you got that tree in your front yard that tree's still there right mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's still there i'm not getting rid of it it's uh it's the only japanese red maple in the in the neighborhood i oh, mean you okay, gotta so it. you gotta keep the yeah, you got to do a GoFundMe gotta... and have them spade it out, and put it in the backyard. Let's go big here, man. <laughs> like let's let's get out, mm -hmm. right? Like let's crane just do it super over top minimal, of the house, super minimal lawn. Oh, super minimal. My, lawn. my wife always get my wife always gives me a bunch of crap. She says our house looks like a museum because there's nothing on the walls, no art, no nothing. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's all all the arts on the lawn, honey. I mean, sorry, that's just the way it goes, right? It's a work of art. So uh, I'm a minimalist, man. You see, I wear the same shirt all the time, dude. I'm always trying to streamline everything. Yep, man, I get it. I get it. I don't like to live too large, too. I mean, I'm not even going to spring for gold bond. I'll just use regular baby powder on the boys. You know what I mean? So <laughs> the be careful, uh, man, because that powder can cause some issues. Everything works just fine, George. Trust me. <laughs> I, trust me. I have experience, man. I do all the preventative maintenance to make sure. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, the things that concern me here. So how, where was your organic matter a couple years ago? Like when you first did your soil test, you have any, any historical data to back up like, you know, a year or two from now or from uh, 2021? Uh, yeah, I actually do have it. I I got yeah, that'd be wonderful. It. Well, while yeah. you're looking for that, the shade thing, 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. growing grass and shade is tough. Growing bluegrass and shade is even more tough, right? And I think, you know, based on some of the stuff that I, I've seen in the videos, not criticizing, just saying, like, you know, it it might not be the best species choice for that particular setting if you're going to go high performance, right? That being uh, no, said, trust me, man, you're absolutely right. It looked terrible. Let me see. Oh, uh, real quick, I'm going to say goodnight to my daughter. If oh, yeah, yeah. Please, 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 yeah, please. Yeah. Ray, will you say goodnight to me when it's time for me to go to bed? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right, well, you, I mean, uh, well, I'm just telling you, when you get, get in bed, come get you get in bed, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, listen. Hey, well, I, I just hey want to make sure that. Hey, hi. Hi. She's like, Dad's talking about grass on the computer again. Gosh, you're, you're on, you're on mute, George. But it's all right. Yeah. I think you, did you did you turn your mic off? You may have turned your mic off. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you guys. No, it doesn't. You're bother. fine. Yeah. You're fine. We got, we got, you know, kids here. Ray treats Matt and I like his, you know, stepchildren. <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> I, I can. I, I've seen Ray do a couple I, times. I'll see you later. The right? uh, Ray, I've seen you do the old. Hand in your heads, hands in your heads. <laughs> looking at Matt and I, you're saying, "Oh, I can't believe this is the fruit of my loins." Oh my god! <laughs> I've seen that look in your hey. eye before, right? Hey, right. Well, uh, but then, you know, ser- you know, seriously, the uh, you know, growing grass under a tree, also. You know what? Growing grass under a tree, under a tree also makes me think about and have to compensate for this concept yes. called nutrient removal. Nutrient yeah. removal. I totally and agree what, with you and because that, those roots are are sticking out like no other, and I could just tell they're sucking everything up. Oh yeah, so yeah, com- and, and competition, big deal, big deal. Yeah, because like because like uh, what I find myself doing is. And this might seem a bit controversial is I find myself applying a little more heavily in areas that I know are impacted by tree roots, fertilizer or nutrient wise. You got to be careful. With you know, that. I oh, would go ahead. I would go do ahead. it. I, I, but then do understand that my idea of an application yeah, is in line with one of those spoon feeding, uh, one tenth right. to two to two tenths of a pound applications. So, say I, you know, apply point one five pound of you know nutrient per thousand square foot, you know, near a tree. I'm not just uh, going by the, you know, G for grow, uh, L for lush, and uh, you know. Yes, clean out your locker. You're looking for another job. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, ask for shit bagged because your lawn's drunk on night. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hey, so l- let me ask you guys one more thing about the tree. How do you guys feel about using those fertilizer uh, spikes for the trees? Because I did it one time and ended up ended up relevant. I mean, your bet, your best bet if you're trying to push that growth and jap maples, you got to be careful to a point. I'm not a tree guy by any stretch, but. Uh, if you're going to do anything, I would hire a company to come out and do deep root fertilization. I'll let Matt speak to this because he has done this work, but I can tell you the tree stakes are just like a loser. They're not even worth yeah. it. Yeah. 
if you take a look at the picture right there you could see the flare you could see mm-hmm. the flare mm-hmm. in the tree. When I moved in, there was a volcano mound of mulch nah, the, the yeah. flare. I, I hauled all that shit out of there because the tree was looking like it was diseased, man. And as soon as I exposed the flare, it started looking a lot better. I, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. I've done a shitload of, of tree fertilization, a sh- metric shitload. And I can tell you, I have seen no difference between... Um, at those at the at the at the flare right there you know that a buttress flare however you want to call that literally putting you know 80 90 percent of your fertilizer right there or even injecting it into the vascular tissue of the tree i see i see no difference between doing that so um if you if you want to juice that tree up you know i'm saying like a cup mm, a cup you know maybe like uh uh, at four points right there at the at the buttress flares you know would be uh would would be sufficient and probably something like a triple 13 would be would be more than adequate and it'll get that bad boy going now a couple things i would recommend would be the lower branches you have coming off here um i would go ahead and get those pruned off uh, before before they get much bigger um, or any kind of crossing branches too. It looks it looks mm-hmm. to be a little, little dense in there. I'd probably I'd probably prune out some of those as well. Um, because you, you had you have to remember so, that till the end of a, winter to do that. A singular tree like this is is you. That's an that's a sick tree. Trees do not like to exist in isolation. That's why they why they're enforced, right? Um, so you know, effectively you have to mimic its growth in the forest. So you want a single dominant leader going up, right? So if you have competing branches that are all going for the same amount of height, you got to pick one to be a dominant leader. And, uh, and you got to remember too, in those areas in, in forest, right? Where it doesn't have adequate light on the bottom, the tree is self-sustaining in the, in the essence that it, it self prunes too, right? So you have to take care of some of those lower branches as well, just to make sure that, uh, you're getting adequate airflow through it because if it if it does get get too too dense and you don't get good airflow, what happens in the forest? The damn trees blow over. You know what I mean? So um, you have to think about it from that standpoint. That if this tree were in the forest, what would it look like? And that should be your pruning strategy and your maintenance strategy for it. And then you get a lifetime out of that damn tree without a doubt. Well, good thing I just picked up a pole saw, man. I can't wait to put it to use. Yeah, there you got go. to. I mean, it's it's absolutely necessary if you if you want to want to, especially maples like that. They're real bad about girdling. Um, uh, the branches will girdle, the roots will girdle, and and just be uh, be proactive about it. Don't be scared. Yeah, you should have seen when I removed when I removed that volcano mound, dude. It was like getting choked out by the roots. Yeah. Well, and that's something else. I mean, uh, Charles BB Busy Bees Lawns mentioned this in the chat, and it's a good idea. It's, you know, a good air spading around that root flare would do you a world of good if you're trying to keep that tree. So it's probably worth, you know, uh, a few hundred bucks, three, four hundred bucks, you know, over the course of the season to get that done, get the a couple deep root injections. I, I'll, I'll say from my point of view on tree fertilization that, you know, it is a just like a lawn, like you do it one time and like you're not going to notice anything. But if you do it for several years, like and you really measure like the height uh, the trunk circumference, trunk diameter, all that kind of stuff that you will see some positive growth there. So the thing I wanted to talk about too with the tree, JP, can you pull that soil test back up real quick? And George, were you able to pull any historical data on that by chance? Uh, 
No, I actually didn't even look. Don't worry about that then. We'll just talk about it as is, as what we're seeing here. So the thing that jumps out here is, you know, you talked about using Milorganite. And I think what Ray was trying to say earlier was that, you know, the the thing with the dartboard analogy is that we don't really know when that's going to hit, right, in terms of um, when it's going to be metabolized and go through the nitrogen cycle and become plant available, right? There's about 40% of that product that is, uh, essentially a quick release and the 60% that is a slow release, right? It's got to be processed. Um, and just to clarify, when it comes to slow release, we're talking about that, you know, yes, you'll get some release the first year. You're going to get a certain percentage that releases the second year and you'll get another percentage that releases the third year. So that's correct. kind of the, the, un, the untalked about piece of that. When you hear slow release, we're talking about that that final piece of it can go for years, right? So if you're applying a pound, you know, maybe six tenths of it is what you're, you're actually going to have to work with. And then the remainder of it would be dripped out over such a long period of time that you're not really able to capitalize it. Like you would, if you took just a, a straight soluble source and applied it, uh, you know, at a pound. Uh, and that's, that's an interesting piece of information because like, uh, Dr. Bruce Branham at University of Illinois, right down the road from you there, did a really cool study, uh, probably 12, 13 years ago, where they looked at this. They looked at, you know, nitrogen sources going into soil and what percentage did they recover in the plant that actually was metabolized that calendar year, right? And those percentages were in the 30s to 40s, you know, so the balance of that nitrogen actually came from what you're looking at right here. So your organic matter is pretty high, right? So I know that there is a lot talked about in terms of Hey, I need to get my organic matter up, and I I still don't understand why that sentiment exists. Uh, from sounds good. Whoever, whoever's yeah, I mean it's chasing a number that you don't need to chase is really what it is. So I want you to look at this ENR. Does that does that acronym mean anything to you? ENR. Not trying to make you look like an idiot or anything like that. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's estimated so, uh, nitrogen, nitrogen release. Yep, actually, yeah. nitrogen release or return, right? So, so the more that, the more organic. So I know pretty much with CECs how that works is like the higher CECs that you have, or like the more organic matter that you have, the slower the nutrients are going to move through, and then the more like loamy soil you have, the faster it'll move through. There, there's some validity to that, right? So some of the the flip side of this would be you can get tricked into that. So for instance, you know, on the show. Oh, uh, whatever that was Sunday, or I can't remember because we got so many shows now, but we talked about Texas soil. And so you can have some artificially high CECs that trick you and lull you into sleep of, Oh, Hey, I've got a really high CEC. It's in the thirties. No, it's not. It's all the calcium, the free calcium that's getting picked up on that test. So <laughs> it really depends on where you're at, what kind of soil you have. And then if the lab is doing the appropriate extraction analysis to give you an accurate reading there. So with this ENR thing, what I want to get back to in this, like I'm making this a really long drawn out point and i apologize but we're having a conversation no, go ahead cool. dude i'm here to so learn. the enr of a 130 here right so let's divide that because that is your pounds per acre of estimated nitrogen release in a year 130 divided by 43.56 so about 2.98 pounds we'll call it three for shits and gigs i know you're a data analyst <laughs> but you know just like michael bolton in office space he didn't care about that decimal point and i really don't give a fuck about it either so <laughs> right here we'll call it three pounds okay Three pounds per thousand is what your soil is releasing right now. Now, when do you think that that release is taking place? What do you think the bulk of that, this release from organic matter is taking place? Can you repeat the question real quick? 
when do you think the the bulk of that that release of nutrients, that release of nitrogen, I should say, not nutrients, but nitrogen, is taking place from that organic material? In the spring and fall? Uh, sort of. Mostly in the summertime because we need heat in the soil, right, to push microbial populations and to push them into eating and consuming that, right? So the peak of that release is going to be in the summertime. So the concern here, right, in looking at this is, number one, that's a lot of nitrogen coming out at the worst time of the year when you don't want it. And that's part of what Ray is saying is like, it's a shot in the dark and it's probably going to come and hit when you don't want it to. Okay. You know, so three pounds over the course of the summertime, let's just say that, you know, two thirds of that releases, that's a big slug of nitrogen that's coming out. And mostly it's going to be at times when it's hot and wet together, right? Because we also need moisture in the soil for this to happen as well. Therefore it can put you in a kind of a bind. The other thing, the compounding factor here that makes me really nervous Eh, nervous i guess nervous i'll say nervous that's a fair uh, adjective here is that with that shade right so we know that under shade conditions right we've got to actually back down nitrogen we think it, it's kind of counterintuitive but you think man like i want to push nitrogen because it's weak and want to you know push growth and try to get it to fill in and do all that absolute worst thing you can do right absolute yeah, worst thing you correct. can correct okay. do not do, yeah because so, all we're doing we have these really long cells that are in that t that leaf tissue right and it's, we're trying to elongate them by putting more fertilizer down. But what's happening is all we're doing is just stretching them out like a rubber band. And that grass gets real leggy, real spindly, and kind of laying over on itself. And it just doesn't do very well. So my concern, again, is that in addition to the supplemental nitrogen that you're putting down how, at whatever rate through the summertime, you're also getting a lot of bounce back here from your organic material. And I would strongly caution you to just back that, that uh, uh, Milorganite app out completely it's not really serving you any purpose you could do better for yourself to use so uh, for my another... overseed i i use tsp okay okay that's fine and then okay. you know with your with your phosphorus i mean i think you can probably back off on that even with overseeding and i know matt disagrees with me on this but i think if you're plus 30 especially <laughs> i wouldn't even use it at overseeding i don't think you need to uh, yes and no, yes and no, because the confounding factor that drew my attention to the phosphorus level was his soil pH. Because he's over seven and I see some free calcium in the soil. So what that means is that unless that 37 parts per million phosphorus was derived from an Olson extraction procedure, we may be overestimating our actual available phosphorus. So, you know, you would be the kind of person where I would suggest more like a 111 type fertilizer based on ammonium phosphates, at least during overseed time. And I'm also a fan of, in this case, incorporating small amounts of immediately available phosphorus as part of your overall feeding and maintenance program. So judging from my uh, soil test, what would you say is a good regimen to apply that phosphorus and how much? You're looking at... Me personally, like I, I'm going to give you the the cheapest 
way to go about it because that's the way I always do things is, is the cheapest. I no more than a pound per year up to a full pound per year. You, you have to think anything in, and you know, with you already having this much organic matter in the soil, right. And an ENR of one thirty, which you're is getting a, like, lot of, a lot of free nitrogen out of that, like a lot of free nitrogen. So even if you're being moderate, through the the course of the year with your nitrogen program, your nitrogen management program, you're going to exceed four pounds in through the course of the year. And therefore, if you are at one pound of actual P, then chances are your soil phosphorus levels, assuming you're not bagging and discarding your clippings, are going to remain about the same at 37 parts per million if you're applying up to a pound, right? If you start getting down to a half pound, it might start to come down a little bit. And it's not to say that you don't have room to come down. You do. You got a little bit of room to come down without any 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 panic there, especially now that it's already established. A little less that you, you even have to worry about. So as a generalized rule of thumb, up to a pound. Now, you've got you know relatively high CEC soil and all that crap. And and I'm not even gonna uh, gonna overcomplicate that. Um <laughs> you're your better bet would be smaller increments with greater frequency with any nutrient, right? That's going to be your your highest rate of efficiency out of any any nutrient you apply, right? So, you know, if you want to divide that pound of actual uh, uh, P205 over the course of, say... Uh, what is it? What did you say? What is it called? Uh, ph- phosphorus, just P205. Oh, like, typically, oh, that's how you'll see yeah, uh, yeah. On, a, on a fertilizer bag, we see N, P, and K. Uh, you know, you're, they're reporting the amount of P in that bag as P205. You can actually let's bring it, let's bring it to, down to a little bit more phosphorus. layman's terms. <laughs> well, this is a good this is a good point, right? So you're so well, okay. What, not to get too complicated, right? But what you see on the bag as, as far as the percentage and pounds on the ground, right, of phosphorus, right? You're getting less than half of what you're actually putting out. That's going to register on your soil test. That's the best way to put it. Right, gotcha. about forty-four yeah. percent. So and that's all, be, and that's mostly because of the ENR. No, oh no, 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 of, completely of, separate. Of, so when you're looking out on fertilizer bag and it says, you know, says ten, 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 right? It's reporting to you that that has ten units of phosphorus as P two O five. But in terms of actual elemental phosphorus that's going down, that you're looking on your soil test, right? That says it in 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 P, right? Um, you would have to divide that by 2.21 to come up with, to convert P205 to actual P. So if you apply one pound, you know, divided by 2.21, whatever that is, divided by 2.21. So you're actually getting 0.45 pounds of actual P. So when you guys are making recommendations, so when you guys are making recommendations, are you making recommendations based on, Pounds on uh uh based on what's on the bag or based on pounds on the ground that are actually available, based on the bag. I, I okay. I'll give yeah. it to you. That's as, how, as yeah. P two o five. I just want Correct. to clarify. P two o five on the yeah based based on uh, bag. You know what what's in what's in the bag. Yeah, and so it, like it, it's up to us to extrapolate that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for potassium too. So when you are looking on a fertilizer label, potassium is not reported as elemental potassium. It's reported as K two o. Uh, 83%. And so that is 
Yeah. And that's, so that's another conversion factor you have to do to convert it over to K. So that's why when it's given to you, it would be given to you as K2O. So that way you just, you don't have to make all those adjustments on the fly. It's neither here nor there, but an added layer of kind of complexity and something to keep in the back of your mind, right? When you're looking at these things, make sure it's being reported to you in apples to apples, you know, and if not, then, you know, do your wikiometric conversions to make sure it is an apples app. All right. So speaking of being reported apples to apples, I got a question that might be, I don't know if it's controversial or not, probably not, but obviously I watched controversial. Obviously I watched, obviously I watched the turf truth videos. I mean, I'm sure one the long, but he was talking about something about calibrating soil tests. So I want to ask you guys, what does that mean as far as my soil test go? Can I trust my soil? Wait, test? wait, wait. My soil test or my soil or my soil? Not, Just making sure. Not, we're okay. Not my soil. My soil. My right, right, right. Uh, that that. Let's see the company. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I only grandma. use waypoint. I'm a grandma. You know, punctuation saves lives. Okay, so how, how does that uh, apply? How does that apply like to, to my waypoint analytics test? Links in the description below. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Here, here's the uh, the best way to think about it. Okay, <laughs> is calibration is figuring out when we put down uh, x number of pounds, how much do we actually get as far as a uh, value in the soil, right? So if I put down uh one pound of p205 in theory right i should have a certain reportable value parts per million of phosphorus right okay so there's that that's correlating and making sure that that's that's jiving so there's straight math that you can do but that's not always what actually takes place in the soil so correlating and figuring that out that's important the uh or excuse me that's calibration correlating that is then taking it and saying okay hey if we have x number of parts per million in the soil so like i think one of the studies that they referenced was a long-term study that dr doug sold at university of wisconsin at madison has out right now on uh low real low and uh, phosphorus numbers right so he's seeing numbers on you know sand-based systems in the three to seven parts per million range single digits right before they're actually seeing deficient signs right and so that is where we're correlating soil data and input data to figure out, okay, what is the, when do we see a turf response, right? Uh, and some of that's rather interesting stuff, right? Because, you know, a lot of times we're told, hey, apply this and apply that and you'll see a turf response. But how do you really measure that, right? Like a lot of this stuff is very subjective, when it, but really you can make it objective, right? You can make the invisible visible. And I think that's where people are getting caught up. And that's one thing that probably pissed off turf truth. And he or she, you know, went down that wormhole to show everybody that uh, there's a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings, but there's not necessarily any, you know, real tangible gains, right? In terms of overall plant health and the numbers that we're seeing both in the soil and then with turf performance, you know, to correlate with that. So the calibration piece is just trying to figure out if I've got this given soil with these parameters, right? And I put down this much, how much should the number move, right? Or if I let it go for a certain period, how much should the grass consume and where should we be? Is it where we predict it is or is it not, right? So that's that. So is it safe to say by you analyzing my soil test, you were setting a metric or a calibration? Sort of. So, uh, you know, what what we go off of, generally speaking, right, is sort of a blended 
thing. There are two different schools of thought. There, well, there's three really, but we're not going to talk about the third. There's two, not enough time, and I don't really care to speak to that one. But uh, soil level available nutrient slan, you'll see it abbreviated as, and that's what you get a lot of your recommendations back from labs based on that method. That method, a lot of uh, the correlations that you see in terms of plant performance are taken and extrapolated from crops, right, and then put into turf. So if corn uses X amount and we you know, lower the biomass by this much, then we should only need this amount, right, of nitrogen, not nitrogen, but P and K, for example, right? The other method is minimum level of sustainable nutrients, MLSN. Now, you hear minimum, people start to freak out and say, oh, gosh, like minimum, that's the floor. Like, I don't want to be down there flirting with disaster. And you're not necessarily doing that. There's some safety margins that are built in, but that really should be the bottom of where you're at. If you have good data, right, from you know, a course of two, three, four, and, or more years, you shouldn't even approach that point because you know, hey, I need to go ahead and make an application of whatever that particular nutrient is to raise those levels above that critical threshold. So when we're looking at these, you know, some of it is experiential based yeah. on, hey, the, uh, the MLSN says uh, we should be at no more than, or uh, our floor is like 18 parts per million on phosphorus, right? We're going to lean a little bit heavier and probably say like 25. Ray might even say 50. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs at that point. But there's that fudge factor built in on our personal experience of what we've seen out there. So kind of the shortish, longish version of all those things combined about how we're looking at this and interpreting it. So, you know, Turf Truth, if you're listening, we love you, right? And this is just the way we do it. And you know what? If you can't handle us at our worst, then you know what? You should come party with us at our best, dude. Right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Stands. We can preserve anonymity. And uh, so whenever you want to come on, the the uh, the offer still stands. Hell yeah. Uh, we're ready. We're, but, we're ready. I mean, that's, we that's what, crypto, that that's what cryptocurrency is all built on, man. Uh, on an, yeah. An anonymity. Uh, yeah. yeah. Say well, well, George... You know, to answer your question, when I look at your soil test, I am looking at what MLSN says, and then I work back from that because to me, MLSN is kind of like getting an F for your grade, okay? Oh, come on, Ray. It's an F. Ah, uh, and so I don't give it that. No, and when and so when I'm looking at nutrient levels, I, I grade it as okay. What's F? What's D? What's C? F as in fantastic. And, Fucking fantastic. No, <laughs> F as in foobard. <laughs> F as in foobard. Oh, Oh, but man. but then any right, but, but then it, <laughs> but then but then anyway, work back from that, and what I always go by is I want my nutrient levels to be at A or B, yeah. so that I can rule that out as the source of any kind of issues I have regarding turf growth, appearance, or performance. I want to rule out the simple stuff first rather than ride the edge and you know have a lot to figure out because 
in my business, I, I get asked, why is the grass not green? Why is the grass not growing? Why is it not, quote-unquote, thick? And I have to have a very good explanation for those, those issues. And at no time should my explanation circle back to me omitting something or doing something that I'm not supposed to do. That's just the nature of my business. Yeah. Okay. I, I would that. So hey, I shout, out, the, shout out to Striper Man for the twenty dollars super chat. Oh, I'm, I'm mm. watching. I'm watching you, Striper Man. I know. I know what's going on over there. This, this, yeah. Keith is such Listen. a good man. So I've been, okay, I've been around this long enough to know Striper Man. Yeah. Sneaky so the uh, we talked about nitrogen. We talked about PK. I think really just a real restrained program. Hey, hey guys, real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. My camera's saying low battery. Can you give me one second? Yeah. We will pause real quick. I, I got it. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. You can continue. I'll be back one second. Okay. No, I, and I you know here here's the other thing too that I want I want to just make a make a point about with MLSN is that this is all new. You know, it's kind of a uh, very new in relative terms. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm telling you right now, when, when I was in school, there was no such thing as MLSN. Uh, it wasn't a thought on anybody's mind. It was never, um, yeah, it just, it, it didn't exist. Now, granted, the turf program I studied in at the time wasn't what it is today. And uh, I think even the whole approach to turf management you know, in the, you know, mid two thousands is, is it, we've evolved by leaps and bounds compared to where we are now. Right. So I think there's a lot to continue to learn on this path. And, uh, I have no idea where I'm going with this. So J every no, time Jayping throws up me on the isolated camera thing, it freaks me out. I mean, I just, I was not prepared <laughs> for it. I'm over, I'm making eye contact with, uh, with DeMay over here, and then all of a sudden I'm staring at myself on the entirety of the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I thought I was off camera. Um, we're live. Oh, okay. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry, I, I shouldn't laugh. But yeah, what did I miss me? out on? Oh, uh, Matt I was, was uh, trying to fill time with bullshit. Matt was he was staring at me and I was staring at him. We had a moment and then Ray yeah. called us called us a bad word. Um, <laughs> so, OK, uh, we talked about NPK. We talked about that. What are some of your other questions here? You know, we, we got more to talk to you about, but we want to hear from you, too, of, of what other things you get going on, whether it be watering, pests, things like that. What do you got? All right, so yeah, actually, I was going to ask you uh, about the watering. I know there's a lot of content about watering your lawn, what's best for it. But when the temperatures start going down to say like between forty and fifty degrees, how how should you tape off your watering going into the winter time for cool, uh, cool season grass? When was the last time you watered? Let me ask that. Yesterday. Okay, I, I have another question for you that follows. When is the last time you mowed and how much grass 
that you cut off when you mow because where I'm leading this up to is as far as me pushing nutrients and water, what I'm actually paying attention to is how much is the grass growing because growth, grass growth is my indicator or my metric regarding how much the grass is making use of the water and the nutrients now. I, well, mean, I don't I'm, know about I don't know about a lot of the guys that are like in the Midwest right now, but believe it or not, our grass is still growing. I mean, today it was like fifty eight degrees. Yesterday it was fifty eight degrees. And okay, I don't ever so, remember mowing this late into the season. So then so then so then so then what I'm saying to you is that what I've developed a sense for is the ability to kind of correlate or tie grass growth with my inputs and then tie that further in to, you know, my climactic conditions at the time. Because, you know, it's just this ongoing thing that you're always looking at, always thinking about. Uh, you see, I am the crazy person that sticks a stainless steel machinist's rule into a lawn. Okay, Ryan, and you're laughing. Yeah. No, I'm laughing. Get your, because, get your mind out of the gutter, Ryan. Come on. No, Jay Pink, Jay Pink sent me a message about I need to look at the camera better and, and focus. So I yeah. know. Straighten up is what he told I me. I think we're all um, I think we're all kind of reading the chat, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I just <laughs> I'm looking at message, historical so. rain data for Chicago. So here's mm -hmm. my thing with the watering. Uh, real, like, real, real quick, if we could pause that. Yeah. Uh, real low dead ass what I thought about the new uh, outlet uh, more costs. I honestly don't even know how much the new outlet is. How much is it? You guys know? Any of you? No? I, have no idea. I heard five. Never. I heard five. Uh, man, there's there's no, there's no way in hell I would drop $5,000 on a mower. Uh, unless it was a greens mower and I had the money to spend. I've never, I've yeah. never seen an outlet in person. So, but yeah, Matt, you were and, saying what's going on with Chicago? No, I'm, I'm looking at your weather averages, right? Your, your rain averages, and uh, my, you're getting on average two and a half inches for the month of November. So, how often would I be watering? I don't think you have the level of growth to justify watering in my opinion I, I wouldn't be doing it and i well, come at it from a minimalist point of view so i have yeah i can tell you here similar similar climate right i think rain's <laughs> been about equal here uh haven't had the irrigation system on in uh, well over four weeks you know uh so the thing that you know with growth and everything like that that's one thing but the thing you got to <laughs> realize too is like what ray was saying about growth rates that's one thing does uh have have you heard the term ET and no not extraterrestrial as Steven Spielberg classic from 1982 fantastic flick Matt's never seen it before because he lives under a rock when he's not talking no, on you because YouTube. I'm a normal human being <laughs> Transformers you. instead yeah Michael Bay right. movies but ET does ET mean anything to you with respect to water management and irrigation uh no okay Oh, so okay. okay. 
Let's well, can you tell me what it's an acronym for? Yeah, evapotranspiration, right? So it's measuring how much water is leaving the soil, both from from two different sources. So one, evaporation, right? As sun heats the earth, right? We have radiant heat, we have wind, all those kind of factors, right? Water going out of the soil that way. The other thing is that the plants are consuming water as well, right? So we measure this in terms of uh, just like we measure rain, like, you know, hey, I got a quarter inch of rain today, right? We can say that we had a quarter inch ET, which means we lost a quarter inch. Some of that may be due to uh, evaporation. Some of that may be due to the transpiration or the plant processing water and using it right to cool itself. So that being said, right now, your ET rates, right, where I was talking, you know, it's, it, think of it as like negative rainfall are so minuscule that like, whereas during the summertime, you might be losing you know, a quarter inch a day is not out of the realm of possibility. A third of an inch when it's real, real dry, maybe even four tenths, right? You're losing hundredths of an inch per day right? So even though the grass is growing and everything like that, it's demand for water is far less. And part of that has to do with its growth rate relative to ambient air temperature. The other thing you should have to consider too, this time of year, the day lengths are also getting very short. The sun's getting lower in the sky. So the energy that the plant is taking in to photosynthesize and use it to make its own food is less and less, right? So all those factors combined mean that watering this late, unless you're super dry. Now I should, I should, you know, uh, I should have prefaced this by saying, like, there are climates, particularly, you know, in the Southwest, uh, the Western United States, even into the Great Plains in certain spots. I know, uh, like, Ryan Knorr, he had to water his lawn in the middle of winter a uh, few years back when they were just very, very wide open, no snow cover, no nothing, hadn't had rain, and it was just dry. I remember that. And then he mowed yeah. his lawn on Christmas Day. Yep. 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 Talk, so about the per- talk about the best Christmas gift. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of other things I can think I'd like to be doing on the lawn on Christmas Day, George. You know, that might involve my social agenda a little bit more than the the mower, but uh, <laughs> maybe like a lawn chair and baby, put know. on that damn sun outfit. Yep. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this new <laughs> banana hammock I got. Now, here's the thing about my banana hammock, Matt and Rage. Got to know is that uh, no, it's uh, it ain't gonna come in one of those nice little gift boxes. It can fit in the stocking. It'll be fine. We'll we'll, we'll be able to fit it in the stocking. That's okay. Mm. Uh, can we look at the growth rate real quick? Uh, and this oh, is, absolutely. So so here here we are. I just I plugged this into a spreadsheet, and so as we can see in November, and to put a hard number on that, you're at a two on your growth potential, right? So, um. And, you know, we can a 2% of what your maximum growth could be out of your out of your grass right now. So you have to think about in terms of 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 water utilization that's occurring with this kind of growth rate. It's it's slim to nothing. Right. So um, if you're getting two and a half inches of rain and, you know, you're not seeing just a significant complete and total wilt out, then, yeah, you you, you really don't have a whole lot to worry about now. So you didn't get any rain for the month of October. You didn't get ra- any rain for the month of November. It's completely wilted out to the point where it's looking like it's going to go dormant. Hitting it with a little water to keep the crown wet is not is going to work in your favor, right? Uh, but based off what I what I'm seeing with your current averages right now, and this is taken into account your your current uh, November weather averages as well, which I don't have a complete total record, so it may look a little different by the end of the year if you stay on a warming trend or something, but. Um, you know, you're only at 2% growth right now. So your water utilization is low. Your nutrient utilization is low. Uh, so just not a lot to worry about in that, in that vein. Okay. 
so that time to that's go on vacation. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> T- time to go. kick back and relax, man. Well, yeah, for sure. Pretty much. And, and it's you know, water management is easily, easily the most overthought and under at least understood um principles when it comes to the stuff that i you know i don't want to speak for matt and ray that i see on you know lawn care youtube for sure i think again people just overthink it and try to get way too uh way too precise about i shouldn't say way too precise because there is a there's an element of precision that you need to have to do it well do it correctly but just incorrect Mis- assumptions yeah misinformation Yes, yes, that's a better way of putting it. Misdirected effort. And on the flip side of that, like that creates a whole host of problems. And I think that's one for you where, you know, you do have the challenge of the sun and the shade right there in the front yard on your showpiece. And the irrigation strategies are going to be vastly different between those two areas. The tree root issue notwithstanding, right? You've got, you know, for me, it's going to be hard. It would be hard for me to have a lawn like that and not just be out there uh, watering with a hose and a, and, a, and a nozzle. Like, I don't think I could trust, you know, sprinklers. And that's just me being a nut job about it. But I would want to. No, you're really absolutely right. I'm out there watering with the hose all the time. My wife is always I, I, asking me, like, why are you standing out there for like 40 minutes with the water hose watering by hand? It's the way <laughs> it goes, you know? Yeah. That's, that's just it, life. Yeah, that's just life if you want, you know, grass to have a certain quality and appearance. Uh, and especially with a smaller area, I can speak to the merits of having that degree of control. You know, watering the dry spots that need it, yet at the same time, backing away and watering less on the areas that are impacted by shading or lack of airflow, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I can speak to that. Ryan asked me oh. what direction my house faces. It faces west. Wow. So no morning sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, no I, morning sun. You don't Only get the, the evening, good sun. Only the evening blazing sun. Yeah, so again, another challenge there of, I'm sure in the morning that doesn't come up over. So, you know, the other thing I'd be thinking about just from a disease management strategy would be getting that dew off there as quickly as possible um, and trying to dry that out. Backpack blower, dew whip. You can light up the sprinklers real quick for a minute, you know, just to, you know, knock that stuff off. uh, Because uh, I'm going to tell you one thing that I've, I've heard people say that grinds my gears. Are you guys ready for this? Matt Martin, Ray Ito, this one gives me the red ass. Oh, I applied that fertilizer yesterday, but you know what? There was a heavy dew, so it got watered in. That when somebody <laughs> says that statement right there. Oh, man. I want to and beat him to death with it. A terraform book and half. Oh, my I God. Such bad balding. It's because of the people that called me lawn boy and told me they've had enough dew to water in the application. That's exactly <laughs> what led to this right here. They don't feel bad, Matt. I'm losing mine too, as you you hear. Ah, yeah. It, it only it only shit's gets looking worse. a little thin. Have you another kid? Well, I promise you'll just rip out fucking handfuls of it and hate yourself. Well, <laughs> okay. Hey, shout out as to Brian the, for the super chat. 
as far as the uh, yeah, as far as the do goes, do is like correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Do yeah. is like one of the contributing factors to this disease known as dollar spot. Yeah, because it's rich in sugars and plant exudates that the uh the pathogen loves to eat. I mean, it is like you know that Ray, now I don't know, do they have Texas Roadhouse out there or is it just straight up Hawaii Roadhouse? Do they change it and put a little different spin on things out there? A Texas there, Roadhouse there is, here. There is no there is no Roadhouse here at all. That's None. So depressing. That's so depressing. Texas That's so depressing. That. You guys got at least None. Outback? Yeah? We we yeah, have Outback. But yeah, Outback I love, I love to me, me a onion, man. I don't know about you guys. No, Outback is disappointing hey. because because by the way, <laughs> As an aside, uh, when I was staying in Knoxville last month, mm-hmm. uh, my my Hilton was like right next door to a Waffle House. So I thought I died and went to heaven. I Man, I've, never had, I've never had any life. Southern style chicken and waffles. No, because... You're, you're uh, missing out. Oh, because... I, uh, I like chicken the, and the dumplings, truth. man. No, the truth is, George, is that Matt says I'm Southern because Hawaii, no, Hawaii is as far south as you can get, and and unfortunately, I haven't embraced being tropical. (laughs) Okay, I haven't embraced being tropical. I mean, I'm. (laughs) What Ray is trying to say is. Would you like, you know, like you watch Marshall Dillon and eat biscuits and gravy all day? Yeah, he he's going to let he's going to let Tom Selleck wear the Hawaiian shirts for him. Fuck that guy. Right, Ray? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I I don't own any Hawaiian shirts. Can you imagine that? I don't own a Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) Don't worry, man. I'm not going to fault you for that one. Uh, He 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 literally is the only human being on Earth that has. Other than like the third guy from the left on the evolution chart that has thicker chest hair than Matt Martin, I'm pretty sure. Hey, let me ask you, Ray, how much is a gallon of milk in Hawaii right now? Gallon of milk is approximately eight or nine dollars a gallon. What? Oh my god! And so much, man. Over here, and I got over here. It's about three fifty, and I already thought that adjusted to inflation was crazy. Okay, mm. and then to here, here's where it gets painful. Uh, a one a one pound ribeye steak goes for about twenty dollars here right now. That sounds about. Hey, that's fair. I'd say it's well, probably it's about, about eighteen man. bucks here. That's fair. <laughs> All right, but, so let's talk. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. All right, but what? What's the but? But what? Uh, to add to add to that uh, what what in the butt fun <laughs> yeah yeah to add to, to that fun to add to that fun uh, a pound of bacon is over over ten dollars oh shit Ser- seriously Ray I I, pound- I I picture you in a previous life like Burgess Meredith and uh, Grumpy Old Men you throw a carton of Marvel Reds and a pound of bacon in the cart at the grocery store and sell. <laughs> And leave immediately. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, let's let's talk about the the tubes here 
because that's kind of been you know kind of been an influential part of your journey and everything like that um you know first of all like obviously you started off and you kind of listed some of your you know your mentors your your lawn mentors uh on youtube and obviously you know your knowledge is ascended in, in certain regards and kind of went some different directions from where those those cats have gone everything like that like you know who are some of the people now besides who you've already talked about that you look to for information i know you mentioned us please don't mention us because we're just a bunch of blabbering idiots and you know we 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 do okay for ourselves but that's about it so where else do you get your information whether it's a who uh aware um kind of you know what kind of books do you read on the subject all that kind of stuff well honestly when it comes to getting like hardcore deep information really i just go to the lawn form i go on google i type what i'm looking for and then i write lawn form afterwards and then i just read those posts uh if i'm looking for entertainment which is what i watch youtube for now these days um some of the creators I really like watching are uh, You Could Do It Long Care. I'm a big fan of BW. Um, B-Dub. Uh, you guys know who he is or not? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I really like his long content. I don't know. Uh, I watch a lot of. I, uh, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Is there any. B-Dub is the, is the straight up. He, he has to take the place as the sweetest guy on YouTube. I don't he's one of my favorites. Guy. He probably. Oh, well, I, I, I swear to God, he probably. He reads storybooks on tape. Like, there's no yeah. other way that that guy has that. Voice, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like. He's like. He's like the the Morgan Freeman of long care. It's, it's one way. I mean, yeah. I watch. I watch a lot of Silver Symbol. Uh, he he he's a. I really love. I actually like his content a lot. I really want to install one of those wells that he did. Because that was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that video where he installed a well in his house. I missed that one. The DIY oh, yeah. well where he was just pounding the, the pole into the ground. Anyways. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I watch Connor. Watch a lot of Connor. Watch a lot of uh, Ryan North still. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Lawn Life. I like watching Lawn Life. So... When it comes to YouTube long care, I just kind of watch it for entertainment these days. But I still learn a lot of things along the way. So, you know, some of the questions I have, those are those are all, you know, pretty good creators. I mean, I know, I think we've seen uh, most of those, pretty much all of those folks at one point or another, just in research and some of the stuff that we do in creating content and everything like that and looking around and seeing what's going on. So uh, I guess my next question is this, is like, you know, the 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 community has sort of evolved into this place where I, I, this is my view of it, right? This is just my personal view. And if, if you have a different one, I'm, I'm anxious to hear it, but you've got folks that are just documenting their journey. They don't really give a shit. You know, they just want to show, Hey, this is what I do. Like Mr. Ferguson last week, great example of an awesome dude. That's just, Hey, I'm trying to get a little bit better every day. I'm going to make mistakes. I don't care. I'm just out here to show you what I do and you know, document along the way. Yard Envy, another great one. And we've had both those guys on the show. Then you've got folks that I you know, know it alls. I think there's well, I'm not gonna say the know it alls. I think there are folks out there that have an advanced level of knowledge and are trying their best to share it and doing it in a way that is genuine and 
trying to put the absolute best information that they can out there, right? They're not perfect, we're not perfect, but they're trying, right? And then there's folks that I think are, you know, blatantly they're using it as an infomercial, which again, I'm not going to fault anybody for making a living, right? But, you know, being disingenuous about it and that kind of thing, that's what irks us sometimes, right? And certainly we all feel that way. So we were talking about it on curious beforehand. Yeah, do you yeah, see, actually, do you see, it, do you see the breakdown like that, or is there another category, or what? Yeah, actually, uh, Ryan, uh, me, Matt, and Ray were talking about this before the live stream. I'm actually no, glad I'm you mentioned this that. because, no, no, I, I think it's something that needs to be addressed, to be frank with you. Absolutely. I feel yeah. like YouTube, ha- like you were saying, it's become an infomercial. If you take a look at the mm-hmm. videos on YouTube these days, most of them in lawn care are product-centric. Somebody's trying to push a product. But here's the thing. You don't need to be, if you're a newer creator, you don't have to have such a hardcore brand loyalty to Toro, Barenbrug, whoever it is, and make these videos to get views. Because you'll get more views and you'll help more people if you focus on the problems that people are having in their lawn. Because people come to YouTube for answers, you know? They don't come to YouTube to be sold. And I feel like there's a lot of product pumping going on in YouTube, and you're absolutely right, man. I agree with you 100%. No, I wouldn't even yeah, say and- it's necessarily by by brand lines. Like you know, what I was talking about on Twitch beforehand was, uh, um, uh, you know, selling selling the SKUs you have available, regardless of whether or not it's a band aid or situation a solution. Yeah, and you know, I bust Silver Symbols balls quite a bit, and not because I know he's you Silver Symbol with his accent, <laughs> but you know, I love. I don't, I, I just I, I love, love the accent. I love his content, I'm man. Jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I'm jealous of his uh I'm I'm jealous of everything he does to be honest. But um in the same vein is what, He's a genius content what, creator, what I have sure. to do in in my professional life is is deal with the bleed over of, for instance, the best weed killer, uh the ultimate weed killer. You don't need to apply any other weed killer than tenacity, 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 tenacity. <laughs> You're not right. saying it right. And, and well, I mean, you know, he he dominates the SEO space of it, and kudos to him. That's great. That's a that's an entirely different set of skill sets that a lot of people don't have. And he figured it out, and he cracked the code, and he he waylays it. And I'm sure he makes an absolute fortune with it. But in retrospect, what ends up happening is is that is a tool in the toolbox that at one time had a certain level of efficacy, and then through overuse and misapplication, it begins to lose efficacy. And it takes on a much accelerated rate of loss of efficacy. And then when it's something at one point where you would like to go to, but it ain't working no more uh, because it's been berated and everybody said that it's the best and it gets sprayed and it gets sprayed and it gets sprayed or it gets sprayed or it gets used in the wrong scenario or, um, you know, uh, the, the, the caveats that don't exist of works good in this situation at this stage of plant development, but doesn't work well in that one. And I understand, is that anybody's responsibility to integrate that in their YouTube video? No, it's not. But at the same time, this is how I make my living. This is how Ryan makes his living and how Ray makes his. And lots of other people in the community make their living. A lot of silent people, especially like on some of the people that watch us, are very, very quiet. You don't know who they, who, who, who they are. You don't even know they're in the background. It's funny. We met a lot of them at, at the GIE, you know, that. I've, yeah. I have no idea they're a subscriber. I have, I've never seen them comment on anything. And then all of a sudden I'm shaking hands and drinking beer and scotch with them. Right. And having a good time. <laughs> and 
And, you know, and you hear about the journey they go through that when they're interacting with their clients and um, even sometimes you'll run into a situation where a client asks you to use a certain weed killer because they saw it on the Internet and you know damn well it's not the right thing. And then you get let go because you won't use it. They attempt to use it themselves and then they call you back because it didn't work. And it creates this whole cycle of just, you know, you're kind of like, golly, you know, here we go again. We've got another one that we got to deal with. So it's. It, it creates a bit of a of a of a, a, a clusterfuck, and I hate to take the approach of that. Um, a bit of it is uh, a, a self policing, but in a lot of instances, it, it kind of is because at the end of the day, this is the only thing we do to make a living. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't make twenty grand a year off off YouTube making YouTube content. I just get up here and run my yapper, and I have my two buddies come on because they have completely unique perspectives to managing turf that I do. Other than the fact that we take kind of an agronomic first approach to the way we manage turf, right? And so, but, but that whole thing gets cloudy, and and begins to interrupt the the day job, right? That's when it gets it gets weird. And you know what, Matt? I think you brought up a great point with, you know, kind of spreading misinformation. Oh, uh, uh, I thought that was me. Uh, anyways, and but I, like you were saying, I that, one, that, that I want to use that, the word misinformation. I think that's strong. I think no, misinformation. But, but to be is honest strong. with you, it kind of is because when you make a video that tenacity is the ultimate weed killer and it reaches six million people, that's kind of misinformation because we all know just spraying down tenacity alone will hardly do shit to your weeds, unless you add it as a kicker or something else, you know, or uh, at least that's been my experience, you know. Yeah, and, so, that, and I, you know, I appreciated you doing the uh, uh, what was it? You ran Speed Zone with uh, with your tenacity, and I I like that because of the diversification of AIs that you got there. And in terms of a, of a broadleaf weed control, that's that's very effective. That makes sense to me. That's the kind of tank mix that will go a lot further and make all of our lives a lot easier, rather than. Oh, you got it. You got you got wild violet spray tenacity. You got crabgrass spray tenacity. You got Bermuda grass spray tenacity. You got bent grass spray tenacity. You got clover spray tenacity. You got nutsedge spray tenacity. And it's just that's not reality. And uh, yeah. and it's and and the, the the problem is is that you know you'll ha- you'll see somebody that sees this video that reaches six million people right, and they're like, oh well, I can do a video on tenacity too, and. Instead of taking the time to read through the label, dissect the, the proper application protocols, disposal protocols, whatever the case may be, it's they got 6 million views. Therefore, what he said in that video and that amount of B-roll, I'll replicate the same thing so I can pick up 200,000 maybe, right? And, you know, 200,000 is going to equate to, you know, $500 or whatever on the video and shit, baby, we're making it somewhere. You know what I mean? And so, it, and I it, remember it gets, that man back in like 2017, 2018, there was like a hardcore tenacity hype train going on. <laughs> it was like it, it's everyone, tenacity, everyone and their mom was making tenacity videos. It's tenacity. It's that's you right. Know, you'll see a lawn leveling get put into there. You know, there's the algorithm jump will will rotate from time to time. What was the big one this year? Was uh, uh, I I mowed this person's lawn for free. I don't know if you if you yeah. saw that on the the mowing side of of lawn care YouTube, but that was the hot one this year. I think Brian, uh, I I can't remember his uh, his YouTube channel. A lawn jug- is, juggernaut too. Yeah, he 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 did well with it. But the guy who did the first one was uh, his his real name is Brian. He's in Kansas, um, and uh, and he's old head. Like he's one of the OG lawn care YouTubers back when, uh, you know, when Fert and Squirt wasn't even really a thing, um, and. Uh, 
he he put out that video and i mean it was like overnight it was six million views right mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it was bam 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 everybody had one coming out that they were doing and you know you ride you ride the algorithm and i get it, it you know it's, when 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 youtube is a primary focus for you and you're hustling youtube that sometimes you got to chase the algorithm i get it but at the same time when it's done so at the expense of of, of whatever gets in your path that that's where i get real froggy about it and you know i'm i'm not real shy to uh, uh uh keep my mouth closed about it you know i mean george you and i've had phone conversations on, on the on the phone before and you know you're like hey if I set up some sort of conversations like this, what was the first thing I said out of my mouth was I can't guarantee I'll be nice. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be quiet about it because. And Matt also, what, anytime I have, I anytime have I make like a YouTube video and I, there's something that I'm questioning that I'm about to deliver to my audience, I always come to you and I ask you, what do you think about that? I don't know if you remember that or not. I th I think I think I remember you actually asking me about about one of the videos one time like that and uh, yeah. in, in like if there's I, any I questionable content that, that not, I'm gonna release I try to reach out to you you know and ask and that's you, what not do you think about and that? I don't I don't ex expect that and that's not what I'm saying no but People I just want to make sure that I'm delivering right good way. content you know it's and I'm I'm not a good judge of content I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, because you know the shit I watch on YouTube is like ABE <laughs> and and uh, uh, wealthy attention <laughs> trips and uh, who's the hobo train this rider? Old... The guy. Oh, who have you have you hobo train rider? He's a shit. I oh actually and and mine is to add to that is this old Tony. I, hang on, <laughs> I don't know that guy. Yeah, this old Tony. Uh, hey, so uh, Ryan, I know that we were talking about YouTube and everything like that. So I have a question sure. for you. I remember back in the day when I was in your guys' Discord, I was asking yeah. I, I was asking you if you were going to start a YouTube channel. And I know since then you started a TikTok, right? I was forced to. Yes. Yeah, you're forced. And so, I I mean, you've been in content creation now for like what a year, I'd say. I'm like that. I just get on here and talk. I don't look at it like content creation. I mean, honest to god, no bullshit. I love, uh, you know, like what Matt said, I love that uh, we have this, uh, it's not a safe space at all. I mean, it's, it's about as unwilling Hardly. as it gets, but um, it's, it's a forum. It's a, it's a forum. It's a fraternity. It, it really <laughs> is. And like, I love these guys. I love talking to them. I love that, you know, people are like, you know, I've had people ask me, man, you like, you know, you're, put, you're putting whatever, however many hours a week in this. And I don't look at that. I look at this as like, hey, we're just chatting and it just so happens that there's you know people watching and i don't really care you know <laughs> and i think that reflects in our content because we you know we'll push boundaries we don't you know we don't really um push boundaries in the way of like we're not afraid to say anything about anybody and i don't mean that to be like crass or rude or anything like that number one hey, you guys but like also the like balls man i get it <laughs> well <laughs> i'm from chicago it, man that's how we roll too People, people sometimes need their balls busted. And we see a lot of that where it's like, you know, again, there's the, the personal side of this where it's like, oh man, like, come on, you can do better than that. And then there's the professional side, like Matt's alluded to, where it's like, you're now affecting what I do in a negative way. And that doesn't make me happy. Right. So I, and I, I think there's that piece of it. And then, um, you know, I'm curious though, because I, I think there is a, uh, at least I'm told, I have multiple people that, you know, 
send us messages or send me messages each week that you know say that we're unliked or we you know we're, we've we've uh ruffled feathers and this that and the other thing or uh all that kind of stuff i mean i'm not asking you if that's true but it's more of you know why is there so much uh sensitivity do you think in the community right is it just it's i mean money, i get that man. people are putting themselves out there <laughs> it's all money dude it's all, everything how so all divides men are about money that's honestly what it is well what i can tell you is this man you guys have some friends you know that m might write some comments that be a little mean-spirited on my page or whatever but greek, honestly greek, you better stop i'm just kidding huh i'm just kidding i'm <laughs> I'm yeah and for no that's totally that. cool I, I man honestly it doesn't bother me dude uh i mean if people talk smack whatever dude i talk smack myself so it doesn't bother mm -hmm. me otherwise i wouldn't come on this podcast dude you know what i mean no we get it we appreciate the courage it you know it takes for people to get up here whether it's you know somebody like yard envy who has no earthly experience and is you know deathly afraid of coming on here i mean even uh mr ferguson last week was like Man, I don't know if I was going to come on there and get roasted or what. Yeah. And we would just want to have an honest conversation with people now. You know, I know I wouldn't get roasted, man, because you guys are professionals. I mean, you guys are running a live stream uh, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. We're not running. We're, we're a, just sitting here talking. Jay Pink. Word. Uh, Jay, Jay Pink is the professional. Yeah. We sit down I mean, in front of cameras and talk. Jay Pink runs this whole thing. He is our team mom. He is our, our lawyer. And, uh, he has got. He's the one who has a thousand dollars in cash rolled up in the sock, so he can bail us out of fucking jail. Yeah, that's dude. When he was joke. talking that's, to yeah. me about coming onto the podcast, he he assured me he's like, you know, uh, it, it's going to be professional. So I, I'm I'm happy yeah, and, you guys are courteous and yeah, everyone you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it. Chat is courteous as well. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll keep it professional. Thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we'll keep it, professional. And, mm. The, so in this, in know, this, go ahead, Brett. I'm, I'm go ahead, Matt. I'm say, sorry. I, and again, you know, kudos to you for coming on because le legit, you know, I mean, there's people get fired from deals for for coming on the show, you know, and uh, and that's I've heard about I mean, that. It, it takes it takes a lot of courage and, and a lot of wherewithal, and uh, and so you know, thanks for for wanting to take that risk and talk about uncomfortable, you know, topics uh. such as this, right? Because and, I, and i'll be god honest with you matt i i'm a neutron man like you know like even back in high school i was cool with everybody man like i was cool with the goths the razor the ravers the wanksters the i was cool with everyone man. you know what i'm oh, saying wanksters. I, was i a wanker yeah. and didn't know I, it i went to private school we just didn't have that many clicks i, I went was, to private uh, school as well a long everybody story short, i got just, along with i got i got matt, you were the benders <laughs> I'm, it was four years. I was of a really bender. good at basketball, and I was really good at drinking beer. And believe it or not, at the time I smoked a lot of cigarettes. It was a weird thing, but <laughs> I'm seeing you check. I'm, I'm seeing you ashing out your cigarette at the scorers table, getting ready to check in and pulling your tearaways off. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a diet coke before I go in there. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Halftime, I'm shotgunning a natty light. <laughs> High fiving the uh -huh. stepdad that brought it for me. That's in the midst of some nasty ass divorce, and so he carries he carries natty light in his cooler with him everywhere he goes. You know the guy. That's hey, we've mm -hmm. all been there. Okay, so but yeah, in this but yeah, I'm at, okay, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I appreciate you guys inviting me on because I haven't done this live stream podcast thing in like, it's been a hot minute, man, since last year I had my little podcast series. I decided not to oh, do yeah, it this I mean, year because. Yeah, that's a big say? time commitment and you got to be on. I mean, you got to be on. I mean, the whole time. So I get it. It's a. It's not like, you know, taking six takes to make the cut you want and then, you know, editing that into a video and putting it out. It's, you know, you, you either nail it or you fuck it up and that's really, <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so with this, a lot uh, this of pressure community thing, I, uh, you get used to it. It's fun. Um, we all live for the pressure. We do. Uh, so on this this content thing and the community thing, I hear about this community a lot and that there's there's factions and there's sides and everything like that. And I will agree that there are people that uh, are, I hate you, I don't like using the word followers, but people that, you know, uh, are loyal listeners, loyal viewers and things like that. And sometimes maybe they overdo it, but, I, you know, there's some things too where they're pushing back on stuff that's real bullshit. I mean, it is real bullshit. You know, so I'm curious of like this divide or whatever that exists that people, you know, try to, you know, try to uh, bring to light. Blow out of Does it exist? Does it exist? Well, does it exist? And and why? What is the, why are people so triggered, offended, and uh, feel like they're getting put into a corner when, again, they're getting, you know, maybe they're getting called out. Maybe they're getting, uh, you know, reading some feedback that they don't like. What is it that? It puts people back on their heels or causes them to dig their heels in outside of money. Honestly, I couldn't answer that question for you because personally, I never felt like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, so, well, there, I, in, and I'm not trying to like, you know, pull out dirty laundry. I'm just curious, like that whole nor situation. Hey, I can put my friendship with him aside for a second and ask these questions and just, I'm genuinely curious, like, that whole episode, right, really kind of felt like it, 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 from everything I'm reading, I'm reading those stuff, and I'm like, man, like, man, there's some heated shit going on here. And where does that come from? I mean, is it is it people like the us versus them thing, or where? How do you view that situation? You know, talking externally and thinking about it after it, you know, it's water under the bridge now. Hell yeah! Well, I mean, I was objective as possible in that video, and to be honest with you. I don't know why yeah. people would think it's us versus them because I watch your guys' content and I watch their content. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I love. I, I mean, I love the the long care nut, and I also love watching Matt's live stream to learn more things. So I don't know why they thought that. You know, it was just an objective review. The rake wasn't good, and that was it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, so you know, all the stuff. It takes place downstream of these things, you know, because it's usually not even like, and this is my, again, just my view from the cheap seats, right? Is that all these situations, the, the, the rake video is, is a good microcosm of it, but certainly there's other things that take place throughout the year and over the course of, you know, you long care YouTube history where it's not even like the first, you know, like, uh, okay. Like in football or basketball, to use Matt's term, Matt, how often is it the second guy that gets the T right? ain't the first guy that goes out there and says something does something it's always the second guy and it seems like the video wasn't so much an issue it devolved you know further downstream and got real nasty and i just i didn't understand why what do you what do you make of that and again just giving you a platform here to you know again after you've processed it and it's it's water under the bridge at this point 
just putting it out there, the opportunity. Uh, can you rephrase that question again? Well, just like what now that it, it's all water under the bridge, it seems like it was more not so much the video itself, but then everything that took place in the comments and the 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 uh, discussions back and forth, right? That that's where it got real nasty. It wasn't, you know, the video was the video, but beyond that is where it got kind of shitty. It well, seemed like. you know, honestly, I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to bring up dirty laundry because honestly, the past yeah. is the past. I still watch Ryan Nor. I have nothing against the yeah. guy. I didn't like his rake. Um, there was a few things, you know, that, happen with conversations but that's behind me now so hey by the way i want to give a shout out to dominic he said you're doing a great job i appreciate that dominic much appreciate dominic you're doing a great job telling people they're doing a great job <laughs> I appreciate you sir yeah so okay uh you know moving forward where is your content headed you know it seems like you know uh, and, and i say this uh because you do seem hungry and eager to learn right like you still got a lot to learn and you know the path forward for you is what like where where are we going to see princess cut lawns take his channel in 12 months three years whatever like what's what are the goals that you have both and, and here's what i want to say too is you know qualitatively what do you want to show and then quantitatively like you know what are the metrics that you look at to really measure your growth is it you know subscribers is it view time like all that kind of stuff so let's talk about both sides of that the qualitative side of where you want to go and then the quantitative side and this is oh where yeah I man learn because i don't understand <laughs> any of this shit none of it <laughs> i just take myself talking about turf <laughs> and i burn sheds I down kind of i do yeah. i do i do set small down. small arson not big arson like misdemeanor arson not getting I'll felonies I'll, 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 I'll take on a large one i mean you know ending somebody's career is pretty damn big arson <laughs> You should be the guy that works for the fire department that sets the houses on fire. They use for training. That that's like your are fucking you dream job. Me? That is my where was the job. where was the where guidance counselor fire? at brother school? I we ought to write a letter. You should sue them for emotional distress. They've they've ruined your life. And in this woke culture, I think you got a chance of getting some some money out of them. All right, so George, I'm sorry we digressed. Please, the qualitative quantitative side of where you're headed and what you look at to measure your personal growth and what you share. And the, you know, the quantitative growth of your channel. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've had a lot of good growth this year. You know, it's been a, a fun year. And honestly, going forward, I just plan to, any issues that arise in my lawn, I plan to make content on that. I don't really plan on changing. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've kind of really been getting into the filmmaking side of things and trying to sharpen up my skills there. Uh, and for the future, I mean, I, I really don't plan on changing anything. So. Uh, that's that. So, what about the quant the quantitative side? Like, do you look at subscribers? You know, what would be the number one metric for you to feel like, hey, it was a good year, it was a good you know quarter, whatever? Is it what is so it? So you can that's so here so here Ryan. Uh, so if you ever, uh, which I hope you do, if you ever start YouTube, you can ask any I, YouTuber dude, I, the I, number. I, <laughs> I wish I so, did, but go on. So I can tell you right now, the number one metric that YouTubers look at are subscribers. Uh, you ask any YouTuber here in the chat, they're probably always refreshing their YouTube studio app and they're trying to see how many subscribers they have. It's a good feeling because you get positive feedback from the community. You know that people like what you're doing. And uh, overall, it's just, it's a, it's a, I mean, it gives you the confidence to keep going. 
when you see that number going I up. hear you. I hear you. What, you know, and I've seen this in, you know, like Matt was talking about AVE and some of the other different wormholes because there's a whole bunch of different wormholes you can go down. And I've got some other niche stuff that I watch. It's, hey, Ray, fully PG-13. All right. I just want to put that out there. All right. No. You see, I I don't don't worry. I don't worry because, uh, after all, YouTube is mostly family friendly except for some of the gore and violence. So I don't worry. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, if you're looking for something else, uh, that's not on YouTube anyway. So I'm, my mind is not even going there, right? <laughs> not at all. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the respect. Oh, there's my cat. Um, Telly I, see Colman, Cor- I see Colonel Corn mentioned SEO. That's a big thing that I've been mm-hmm. focusing on this year. Uh, how do you how do you incorporate that? So is it, it really all co- is, is? Oh, I was going to say title uh you know thumbnail all that kind of stuff and then isn't there something about how many times you mention a certain word in the video that it picks up on too have i yeah that's a that's a lightly weighted metric how how, what you say in the video but a lot has to do with the click-through rate so like silver symbol for example for him the way that he's getting millions and millions of subscribers if you take a look at his thumbnails they're they're so saturated and the pictures are so compressed and that it just it, it kind of hypnotizes you to want to click on it. Like if you see his thumbnail, <laughs> they're so simple yet. They're so beautiful and they're, and, and they draw you to it. So he's yeah, really master. I got mas- to look it up. Yeah. So he's really mastered the art of the thumbnail. Uh, okay. So, so that's something I've really been focusing on. When I say focusing on, I mean, spending at least two to three days just on the title and thumbnail. alone. Wow. Yeah. So in the subscriber thing, the, there was like this controversy in this one avenue of, of YouTube that I go down. That's not nothing close to being lawn care related, but about. Let me guess. You're going to say uh, buying subscribers. Well, buying subscribers, people buying, uh, you know, they were first leveraging Twitter and social media and buying followers and they, you know, they proved it. And then, then that went down to, they were buying subscribers too. Is that a thing in lawn care YouTube? Do you think because there's some channels that have had like exponential growth, right? And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my, wonder... cha- my channel has exploded this year in relative to the DIY community, and I say that in the most modest way possible. And a couple of your friends have actually accused me of buying subscribers, but I can assure you that's not the case. I can, I'll show you personally my analytics after the show, man. Live, if you want. Oh, I believe um, you. I believe you. Yeah, there's. I mean, uh, hey, it's a it's a pretty weak move if you got to do I, that. I think I, mean, I think, gotta, I think it's hilarious you that someone would even accuse me of that, honestly. But I take it so, as a compliment, honestly. If so you're doing so well that, I mean, that somebody blames that on you, then you buy it. Just I love makes you. you. Feel that much better, you know? I do all the tour onion sites. I buy all mine on the on the uh, dark web. <laughs> huh, yeah. um, so, uh, but, but listen, well, if you want to be a successful YouTuber, it's all about the thumbnail, dude. It's all, it's 99% of it is the thumbnail. You have to have a clickable thumbnail. And honestly, I attribute 90% of my YouTube success to the titles and thumbnail. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, what, what were the videos? Like if you had to pick out two or three, maybe folks can go back and watch or whatever is like, what drove that growth? You know, earlier this year, what were the, the topics, the things that were covered? Like, what were the elements of the thumbnail? I'm just curious of like, what was like the magic potion right that 
So a few things, a few things that work for me were making silly faces, which my wife looks at those (laughs) thumbnails and it just makes fun of me all the time for them. But it kind of worked, man. I mean, shit, my most for the brand, baby. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I kind of established myself early on in my YouTube career that you know I'm 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 a chill YouTuber. I don't have a super professional channel. I'm not a super professional guy, so it's okay that I make those silly faces and stuff because. It's on par with my brand. And it, and it seemed to work because right there, if you stop scrolling, my seven mistakes uh, beginners make when leveling their lawn, that's my most viewed video till this day. And uh, it, it was received really well. And another, aside from the thumbnail on that video, a reason that I think it did really, really well is because I mentioned a lot of things that aren't, in, that aren't mentioned a lot when it comes to leveling your lawn. And if they are mentioned, then they're kind of deeply hidden in a 15-minute lawn leveling video. Kind of mention some like good content. Yeah, I think I think you know the 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 weird thing uh, again. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not. Uh, I have attempted to put time into thumbnails. I get I get real bored after about 15 minutes. Um, uh, I have attempted to do like the, the tags and that shit. I get real bored after 15 minutes. And uh, because here's the reality of the situation is, is that when I feel like it's my responsibility that if I'm going to put a piece of content out there that I would rather research the content to for three weeks and understand everything there is to possibly understand about that piece of content. And then the rest of it is just fucking noise really, because yeah, um, it's just not uh, from, from my perspective, and I'm not saying this is the right thing. And this is why I don't grow at the rate that other people do. You know, I've been doing this for five years and you see where I'm at. It doesn't grow fast at all. It's very, very stagnant. And, uh, but you have a loyal following though. You talk about content though. And an interesting content, my content's not fucking interesting. You know, it's you, you, you have to want to understand something, right? Because again, you know, doing it for a living, it's, it's imperative that if I'm actually going to help someone, I'm not helping them by scratching the surface from, from my standpoint. Right. And, and, you know, it's everybody is out there to do it for, for all different types of motivations and stuff for me personally. Is to help the other lawn care guys that are that are doing this because you know I've been down the road. I've done you know uh, uh, lawn care being self employed. I've done corporate lawn care, all that all that other stuff. So it's um it's a I don't to to be I I, I do not enjoy I do not enjoy YouTube. I'll I'll, I'll kind of leave it a little bit like that. Um. Hey, but real quick, Matt, just to break your thought, I really did enjoy those like really fast paced entertainment videos that you did like a few months back. You remember that? Oh, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I liked that. I'm man. sitting on three Dude, more. Those, that th- I those videos were bangers, I man. Them. I hate them. <laughs> I enjoyed them. I don't. And, I enjoyed them. I because it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like me, right? And yeah, you know, it's yeah, funny, yeah. even when we're filming it, you know, I'm cutting up jokes through the whole thing just to break <clears> up the monotony of it because. It's not the, the kind of shit I like to do, right? I, I, you know, me personally, the way I am, I want to understand how something works, and I want to, I want to beat it to death to the most minute detail, right? So, um, 
anyway, you know, it's 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 interesting to hear it from the other standpoint of you know providing entertainment, uh, you know, structure it to the point of growth and and trying to figure out how to capitalize on growth because it's just not something that is it's so outside of my wheelhouse that uh, it's it's interesting to hear. And I'll be God honest with you, Matt. I'm not a pro like you guys. I don't have a degree in in lawn care. My my channel is focused on you know teaching people like you know the basics of lawn care, but also providing entertainment too. You know, I would like to think that I'm an entertaining guy. Hopefully, my wife probably wouldn't agree, but um, but yeah, I focus more on the entertainment side, you know, rather than the deep science side, and that's okay with me. I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, kind of stated our piece about you know what what gets in in you know someone like like my gears over uh, <clears throat> you know like people people ask me all the time, you know, used to be and I'll be very transparent about this, you know, oh, you used to recommend Green County Fertilizer products. Why don't you do that anymore? Is it you know jealousy? What is it? Is it a money thing? And you know the the reality of the situation is is and I've had Hell this yeah. conversation publicly at least, and I don't mind doing it right now is. Um, uh, at the, at the time it did not seem real. YouTube wasn't really real. It was, it was super small, you know, very, very few creators. Nobody really watched it outside of a, a small group of people, you know, maybe a thousand subscribers at the time. And so it, it, it wasn't real life. It was, it was more of an experiment than anything. And instead of, of me taking the time to hammer in and reach certain and, and research something to the degree that I do now. Um, it was, it's, it's easier to be like, Hey, I'm going to structure a piece of content this way and let's see what happens with it. Right. And, and you know, what I learned really quickly was that like people would believe what you say. And that's when I was like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. And it, it got so feverish towards it that all of a sudden, I would do a piece of content that wasn't about green County fertilizer. And I would get mail from people telling me that you fucking idiot. You don't know what you're doing. If you just would apply dethatch and aerate, it was, it would fix that person's lawn that you fucked up. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> who? This is odd. Like, you know, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, everything I've been doing up to this point, you know, I've, I've, you played a part in creating some sort of bizarre monster, you know, and it's like, okay, how do I, how do I pay penance from this point? You know, bless me, father, I have sinned. It's been, you know, two years since my last confession. Let's go ahead and confess here and, 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 you know, try and flip this back to a point of, uh, of, uh, you, you know, the, the, the shit that actually matters, which is, uh, you know, the fundamentals of growing grass, the fundamentals of agronomy, uh, the fundamentals of cultural practices. And then from there, you know, build onto it. And the, the, the problem is, is that now we get so much pushback on the fundamentals of agronomy and we're kind of stuck there and it's difficult to lead that content space because, um, anytime it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant war, right? Like just talking about the most basic aspects of growing grass has created a, a, a war divide, uh, by not saying, by saying things like, don't start there, start here, work your way up to that. Hell yeah. And, and to be honest with you, Matt, I feel controversial. And to be honest with you, Matt, I feel like it has a lot more to do. And I'm not saying for you, your side, that side, this side, whatever, but I feel like it has a lot more to do with how you say it and not what you're saying specifically. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about for everybody in the lawn care community. 
you know, there, there's there, nice and positive ways to say things, and then there's negative ways to say things. You can give the best advice you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Ray. But, you know, I come from a generation, a time, and a place where I just tell it like it is, and I let the facts fall where they need, because, you see... I don't care about somebody's feelings. I just care about getting down to the absolute fundamental truth. I mean, and and I think when you're having one on one, if you're having a one on one conversation with like me or Matt, I mean, that's totally cool. But on YouTube, people are exposed to like massive amounts of people, so you kind of have to. uh, I'm not saying you specifically, but content creators have to adapt their approach to be more diplomatic in a way, I would say. <laughs> or, not. or you could just not care <laughs> about it at all. And, and, you know, and, and just go at it from the standpoint and understanding that it's, uh, you're, you're not going to gain a lot of, uh, a lot of attention <laughs> and a lot of growth from it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I'm totally okay in that situation. Like you know, I don't, if, if I never pick up another subscriber and I lose them all tomorrow, does not. It's totally okay. That is, <laughs> that is perfectly fine. Uh, because um, what's what's more important for me is the preservation of the industry that that has given me the opportunity to provide for my family, a roof over my head, and uh, and the community we have in in the real world, which is oftentimes confused with the community we have online, which are not one in the same. And, you know, so it's interesting that, like, for instance, a lot of things that are talked about on 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 YouTube now, like, you know, a piece of like a whiteboard content I would make now um, is something that I could have that same conversation when I'm out with my peers when when we're talking about shit, you know. And, you know, it's like uh, one of the criticisms I got about the Air 8 video in particular was that um, I I. Well, I got I got I got banned from a lawn care group because they said that I was uh, by putting out that video and those guys using that product, I was affecting their business. But the difference is, is that when I'm in the real world, nobody knows what that product is. Nobody knows who I am. It's just my select niche group of people that I've run around with here in the South. No, I do a YouTube video. It's, you know, I, you know, have. have I would say three quarters of the people that watch are, are homeowners. And then the rest of the quarter are lawn care guys that aren't interested in running that kind of product anyway, you know? So, um, where they've got strong following is going to be in a lawn care homeowner community. And I've got one, one piece of controversial content. There are thousands of videos out there that are affirming it and negate everything I say. So, you know, really, is it doing anything? No, but I'm not producing the content for them anyway. I'm producing it for the lawn care guys are looking to go down the liquid aeration rabbit hole and invest a significant amount of their reputation on this type of product. And then when they don't deliver on the results of that product, and it, I'm not saying air eight specifically, I'm saying any li- liquid aeration product. Do you, I can't even tell you how many tens of thousands of dollars I have spent on uh, like super soil, which is the same thing as soil to max, right? I have sprayed so much of that when I was in corporate lawn care, totes and totes and totes and totes across thousands and thousands and thousands of acres and leveraged a, a big significant portion of my reputation on it. 
And you know what it always did? It created a significant amount of controversy where I'm refunding 30% of the applications I made because there's no visual feedback from the product. You know, maybe I get slightly better water infiltration. It looks better for a couple of weeks uh, because you increase your, your uh, infiltration rate. And then beyond that, you know, you're like, well, what do I do? Do I sell another wedding agent app or not? You know what I mean? I sold it as a liquid aeration. In reality, it's a wedding agent. And if I would have sold it as a wedding agent, it probably would have worked out a little better in my favor for me because it, it, it would make sense why it only worked to this degree. Instead, I sold it as a liquid aeration. They know what to expect with an aeration. It's not delivering that. Therefore, it's not the same. Therefore, they wasted the money. You see what I'm saying? That That's the appeal with it. And so, yeah, it might piss off the guy who pitches their wagon on, on you know, uh, uh, selling their their uh, link in the description below with an Air 8 product, right? But that's not the real world. It's not. It's it's YouTube world. It's the metaverse, right? And, uh, and, and unfortunately, for those guys, what I, I think what a lot of them don't understand is that I live and operate and work in the real world. This is the metaverse. And by having people on like Ray, like Ryan, inviting people like you to come on is to expose you a little bit to our real world outside of the metaverse. And, but at, at the, at the same time, you know, we're not really going to coddle anybody's feelings. You know, and I think one of the, one of the, the taglines that I use particularly is, you know, fuck your feelings is one of the things I say regularly. I say it in presentations when I'm with other lawn care guys. That's how I kicked off. I was at Titan Stadium giving a presentation to a group of lawn care guys. I got invited by a distributor, and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. I said, if anybody here has got any, got any qualms, feeling a little sissy today, fuck your feelings. We're not here to, make, to, to be buddies. We're here to learn something. And, yep. and I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just there. a product of my industry. You know, I'm a product of my surrounding, the people I'm surrounded myself with, and maybe I bleed a little bit too much into, into the online world. Uh, but in my space, in my experience, in my education, this is how I was taught. So I, I view YouTube as a teaching opportunity for me. So it's how I teach as well. Right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, and I, I have to say, Matt, I think, you know, and I feel bad about this is that I've become kind of a bad influence on you. Uh, in 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 a sense, uh, and I, I'm I'm not going to completely uh, write that off as as erroneous, but yeah, because you've just uh, how shall I say uh, embarked on a crusade for the absolute truth, you know, absolute total truth and. I don't put it in those words, but uh, I basically live the concept of "f your feelings." <laughs> and I'm not you know? as extreme as you. I'm. I'm not. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm even in the pursuit of absolute truth. I think it's more. I'm in the pursuit of evolution. And and you know what what is what does my industry look like in three years, five years, six years, seven years? When you Google lawn lawn care right now, or you Google the you know lawns in America and the, the first 30 articles that come up on Google are all hit pieces against why having a lawn is a negative thing. Um, I've, I've got some, some questions here, some that were submitted from you, some that were submitted from other people, and I just kind of want to uh, 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 blow through these as quickly as possible. 
One of them that you had submitted was, what are the benefits of Pilex in a cool season climate? Uh, Pilex is an HPPD inhibitor of the same class that Tenacity is. However, it's, uh, I would argue that it's, it's more effective on certain types of weeds. So particularly for crabgrass, it's extremely effective. Uh, for Dallas grass, which I doubt you have to deal with, it's, it's, it can be a good tool in the toolbox. Bermuda grass infiltration, it's a good tool. For goose grass, which I doubt you have to deal with where you are, it is <laughs> arguably the best herbicide we have on the market for it. Um, so when it comes to tough to control annual or perennial grasses, um, you know, for, for for me, it would be an absolute tool in the toolbox that I would have to have at all times. Um, just because of the rate of efficacy from that product. Yeah, I mean, I can. Yeah, I can. I can speak to that because, because believe it or not, George, I keep both Pilex and Tenacity on hand. I mean, I actually utilize both of those because each of those are, you know, a good tool for the right situation, and this is what I have to counsel regarding products and even agronomic practices, everything is a good tool when it is employed for the right situation. You don't use a hammer when you need a wrench and you don't use a wrench when you need a hammer because it doesn't quite work out well. You can kind of sort of BS it and smack something with a big enough wrench and use that as a hammer, but then it's not the best tool. And likewise, on the other hand, for certain situations, when you need that certain size wrench, uh, pound on it all you want, you're just going to break something. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. So, you know, I, I tend to think about turf products, you know, in those terms is you have the right tool for the job. You, and, you, you know, you use it accordingly. Pilots? Were you asking me? Do it. Yeah. Are you going back to it? Uh, yeah. Actually, Do I wrote it. that question uh, like a week ago before I was coming on. I was having a conversation with Ryan uh, in the last live stream, I believe. And he was telling me, like, mm-hmm. taking the Pilex and mixing it with Conclorac is like the ultimate cocktail for crabgrass. So mm-hmm. I just try that. Pile driver. Yeah. That, What's they it called? Pile driver. <laughs> The pile driver. It's a, it's a colloquial <laughs> name that weed scientists have made up called pile driver. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we were talking about that. So I think I might have to try that out next season. Well, how uh, bad is your crabgrass? How bad is your uh, crabgrass? Well, you know, I mean, well, it it was really bad because uh, my uh, boulevard strip was like really patchy, had hardly no grass in the beginning of the season. We'll see mm-hmm. next season now that it's filled in how bad it'll be. Probably not that bad. No, no, no. The reason why I, the reason why I ask is because, you know, I always ask, do you really need this? You know, I mean, that, that, that that's my question. It's like I ask people, do you really need this? Because, you know, I I have a reputation for sub- suggesting the absolute most expensive products. <laughs> <Damn>. However. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, as Ryan said oh. last week, if it's if it's expensive, it's because it works. Yeah. It's However, true. the the only time I ever go there is if that is going to become the right tool for that particular job. But on on the other hand, if you don't need it, you don't need it. Save your money. Gotcha. Um, the uh, re- real quick, real real quick over here, uh, Lawn Maverick in the uh, comments. He asked me how I came up with my screen name, and uh, sorry, my light came off back there. But I feel like this is something I should probably address because probably a lot of people are wondering how the hell, why the hell is my name Princess, right? I think only <laughs> Kenny Cooper wants to know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Lawn Lawn Maverick asked, but uh, pretty much what it was is when I was shopping for my wife's engagement ring. There, <laughs> all the jewelers were trying to sell me a princess cut diamond ring, and this, the, and I had no idea what the heck that is. So when I asked the jewelers what what is a princess cut diamond, they told me it is the finest cut of diamond on earth. And mm-hmm. me being a lawn care a lawn care nerd, all I could think of was a fine cut lawn. Thus, the name was born Princess Cut Long Care. And I know it's a weird name. It's a weird name, and it comes off a little silly. And like I said, when I first started YouTube, I was just trying to answer a question. I didn't. I wasn't going for this long term. You know what I mean? Uh, But the name kind of stuck, and it kind of became. It kind of started having a catch to it. You know. Uh, Next thing I know, everyone's saying Princess this, Princess that. So the name stuck. That makes uh that makes actually a, a lot of sense. Uh, now that now that makes it now that makes a ton of sense. I mean, uh, mystery solved, and uh, I'm don't, don't gre- think gre- uh, anything weird. No, 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 <laughs> anything no, weird. And of course, <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, I'm I'm green doc because I literally work on things like golf greens and bowling greens. You know, that's the only reason for that name. Unfortunately, people, when they hear green, they automatically associate me with something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the marijuana doctor. Um, another question yeah. is, and this, I'll kind of tie this in where you were talking about uh, uh, overseed and pounding in this fall. Thoughts on that. So there's yeah, an, we, we an were an talking about that, Ray, earlier. Yeah, the concept yeah. of the fall nitrogen blitz. Really, in reality, I think you would. Uh, uh, Ryan Demay's general rule of thumb is is you know sixty percent of your end come in the fall. If you're looking for yep. a way to estimate your total end, one place to start would be the climate appraisal form from Pace Turf. Uh, is a good recommendation. One thing I would take into consideration regarding any kind of summer fertilizer that you would intend on putting down would be the fact of your ENR being so damn high your enr is so damn high uh that uh there ain't no need under any circumstance whatsoever to really be chooching lots of slow release fertilizer in the spring with the anticipation of it releasing for a long period of time because you've already got that built in with your enr of 130 so um if you're looking for a total estimate use the pace turf climate appraisal form with your ph being a 7.7 is ams enough to get into the uh, optimal range and not necessarily AMS over like one season or five seasons. Um, it would probably be longer than five seasons. Would it behoove you to integrate something like citric acid into your program if you're struggling with color response? 
you know, maybe it's something you want to try, see what kind of visual response you get from it. If you like it, continue with it. If not, stick with AMS. There is a high degree of probability that based on the turf type you have now with uh, the, the Kentucky bluegrass interseeded with the, with the fine fescue, you may be perfectly content with the color response you get from ammonium sulfate and just call it good. Um, I might have to, I might interject something is in speaking to that pH, I normally would suggest that if your intent is to cultivate a high quality stand of KBG, get that pH down. Get that pH down. And the reason why I'm suggesting to get that pH down is a lot of your worst turf diseases for KBG tend to occur when your soil pH is higher rather than lower. Correct. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking in terms of going back to what I said about working on all known, you know, factors that will either make growing grass harder or easier for me. I mean, nutrient levels are a place I look. Soil pH is a place I look because that's not the Band-Aid now. That is your actual, like, artery, and you address that, you stand a good chance of not having any bleeding. You know, I, I just look at it in those terms. And I think... That is everything you had submitted as far as question-wise. Is there Are there any questions you have come up with through the course of this that you would like to ask? The floor is yours, George. Uh, no, that's about <laughs> it, man. But, I mean, if I do if I do have any questions, I know how to reach you. So, uh, trust me, I won't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, reach out. Again, you know, we do we do this for a living, and uh, and we, we, enjoy, we enjoy what we do for a living. Otherwise, we wouldn't be up here, you know, jerking ourselves off in front of the, the camera like we do. <laughs> no, you stop it, Demain. Thank you. you stop. Gosh. Demain. You said you said jacking off and I came for my nose. You got the, yeah, you got the itch, didn't you? You got the internal itch. I, did. I know I know he's got to step on. away Something for that. a few minutes. Hey, Something had to ejaculate that was in my nose. Excuse me? When you look at the sun? Um no. I don't have that. I do. Uh, I don't know what that is. Too. Yeah, my wife does. <laughs> I that. don't have. Sounds like some. Uh, I don't have. It's a genetic thing. It's a legit genetic thing that the sun makes you sneeze when you look at it. After you've been inside and you go outside and you look at the sun, it'll make you sneeze. I don't know. It's. I saw it on you. Ryan, we're gonna have to talk more about true. your future YouTube career, man. I don't need the future YouTube career. I just need to do my job, serve my clients, and keep my head down. Well, if you ever these. got any questions, if you ever got any questions, feel free to reach out, man. I think I'm going to start the first turf only OnlyFans, uh, and Ray will be one of my. I'm going to get Ray with his greens more on a black leather couch and just see what happens. Just don't step on <laughs> Realo's dad's toes, like literally his toes. No, no, no. I, I, my fear. The only thing I know about Realo dad's toes is they're always black, man. Or they used to be always black. Margie, yes. No, yeah. they, uh, I'm. They're they're highly sought show off after black toes in all the, the time. Uh, in the in the um, in the OnlyFans community. Um, they have a strong 
a strong following and uh there's there's a lot of women out there that would would cut somebody's throat if you mess with Relo's dad's toes. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hashtag BBT. Big beautiful toes. Oh yeah. George, hey, it was fun. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Let's talk more soon. Likewise. I do it like right, gentlemen. Man. I had a I had a good time with you guys. Thank you for coming on. Everybody head on over to Princess Cut Lawn Care. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button for, for this. And we'll get a we'll get the uh the YouTube algorithm working in our favor. Just one good time. I don't know. Maybe he'll bleed over something positive to us. Otherwise, hell, I don't know. People may come over here and be like, oh, I don't know about all that. George, thank you. Uh Demay, thank you. Ray, thank you. J Pink, of course, you're the best. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. Drop two, drop two, drop two, drop. Oh, Lord, here we go.